Well, there it goes. The game! <laughs> the game! Good morning, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to the first Saturday in June, 2023. Are, are you screamingly happy like our goat? I know I am. Or... Or, or, or... No, no, I, I don't feel... I feel happy today. I don't feel like... Oh, good Lord. No, <laughs> no. I feel more like... I don't know if Goat is happy. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe we need big wavy. Goat is just a shot. Here we go. Let's have big Whoa. wavy. Oh, I felt like that this no, morning, but you were still asleep. Face the other way. Wait. No, oh, I can use face. Yeah. Yeah, hello. Whoa, 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 Yeah, he's, he's whoa, down for whoa. it. He's doing some kind of Jane Fonda workout. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, ow, ow, ow. That's a fan, honey. Yeah, ow, I'm That's not a fan of that. You okay? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm bleeding perfectly. No, I'm not. I'm fine. Uh, anyway, welcome to the 897th episode of Dave's wow. Gone By. Wow. With, whoa. That's just a ridge, but it only did. Here, to make the goat scream to get your pain out. <laughs> oh wait, you don't have the air horn. Oh, oh I have it, I have it, I have it. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you. So anyway, we're here. Oh, this is this is my phone. Okay. Right? Yeah, here's your phone. And my phone's over there. So I showed the, the picture. Okay. Um stuff to talk about on Dave's Gone By today are 897th episode of the show, which we're calling The Way We Gwer. There's a plan words in honor of our upcoming guest later in the program. Joining us will be dancer, choreographer, and educator Daniel Gwertzman. He um, he danced with people like Mark Morris and with uh, who else? Uh, oh, Garth Garth Bagan. Garth Brooks? No, yeah, Garth. <laughs> no, he danced with Garth. No, but but um, he Do grew I up here, started his own. Darth Vader? Darth Vader? No, no. Anyone else there? There aren't that many Garths or Darths, are there? There's... I never, what does the name Garth mean? It's a unusual Well, we name. pass a couple of streets sometimes called like Garth. What does the name Garth mean? It's short for Gareth, maybe. An open space surrounded by cloisters. There you go. And then it says, um, it's a British origin, keeper of the garden. Oh! Garth is a boy's name of British origin, meaning keeper of the garden. Good to know. So It's like when parents love, um, is it biblical? I don't think so. No. It just says it's... Garth, like, for Garthed, maybe. Gar, and then it's uh, associated with the number nine. Number nine? Well, I'm going to see what's Darth. Like, number is, nine? Is Darth really a name? That, I, I don't know if George Lucas made that one up. Let's see. Darth meaning... Dark, dark Lord. Oh, oh there you go. Does Darth mean dark? According to George Lewis, Darth is a variation of Darth, and Vader uh, means father, so dark father. Oh, father. Like father or Vader. Vader, yeah. yeah all right, okay. Father. Yeah, all right. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I know I, I was never good at throwing things at a Darth board, but I'm Dave Lefkowitz. That's my darling and adorable wife, Joyce, and we're here on this Saturday 
June 3rd, 2000. Yeah, you're not going to put your sign on? No, later. No, later, later. It's, it's very bright and whatever. Um, Daniel Gortzman. So anyway, he has his own company now, has had it. First, he did Artichoke Dance, and then he did another company called the Daniel Gortzman Dance Company. I thought Artichoke is a much better name, but... Well, but yeah. Artichoke Dance Company, Artichoke doesn't make sense unless it's a lot of people, collective, collective hub of a lot of people. Well, it kind of was. One of his yeah. things seems to be that, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people dance in a lot of different styles, and it's all good. Yeah. So there, there's a kind of, um, not an everyman that's quality. that's more kaleidoscope, or that's more cornucopia than Artichoke. Well, yeah, I don't know. I like the name Artichoke. It's cute. We'll ask him. But Daniel Gortzman will be here. With Rabbi Saul Solomon, the one, the only, the Jewish Rabbi Saul, will be doing an interview with Daniel Gortzman later in the program because Gortzman is going to be doing a um, a new dance piece called Emotion. I believe it's up in Ithaca, but here's the deal: even if you're not in Ithaca, at Cornell, I'm not sure. Um, where is it? Ithaca College is up there. So it might <clears throat> it might be Cornell, it might be Ithaca, could be a soda shop in it. No, it's the Cherry Art Space in Ithaca, which I'm guessing is near one of the universities, because oh, why else? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but if you're not there, it's also going to be streaming. That's so there's a way you can pay and watch the, the stream of his new show called Emotion, you know, his dance company show. Smart. The first yeah. time we saw the, the first time we saw streaming, it was pre-pandemic. Remember the Boulder Pre Fringe? There was a woman who had like one or two people in the audience, and I'm like, what is she doing? And she was live streaming to like hundreds Brilliant. of people. Brilliant, yeah. yeah. And, and we were like, whoa. I mean, that to me is like. And this would have been something like 2017 or 15 or something. Yeah, when I was yeah, doing Miracle, I was prepping Miracle for New York. It wasn't Zoom, but it was another another. Might platform. YouTube Live or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, maybe it was YouTube Live. And she just was streaming. I thought that was so smart. And who knew? Who knew? Six yeah. years later. Yeah, yeah. It's all anybody could do for a year. No, yeah. but that's, I think it just extends your audience, you know, and people who want to see it. And who told me? Somebody said, like, with graduation, that, that somebody couldn't travel, and they were able to see graduation. I mean, I think, yeah. like, why not? Yeah. I, I think all graduation should be streamed now, no matter what. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, should have been doing it for years. This is a brilliant idea, you know? Because most people don't just sit through it for their own kids, so you might right. as well, you know. Yeah, but, I mean, if you've got grandpa who's... Out on the west coast or something. Right. And it's NYU. Like what happens if yeah. your family's in the UK or Africa or Ireland or right? You know, suddenly you say, "Hey, you want to see me get my degree? Yeah. Tune in at that four o'clock in the morning your time, and boom, there I am. I mean, it's a, that's it's a wonderful thing. Remember our friend who got married on Zoom? Yes, yes. What a lovely thing. But that was was a pandemic time. I, I think that's no, why she. No, it was pre-pandemic, but they didn't want to. They didn't want to have a, a large ceremony. They wanted it to be intimate. But they wanted their friends to be there. Yeah, so that's right. We watched there. that. It was before. Were we still living in Colorado? Yes. We, we, yeah, that was amazing. So we actually could have gone in person. We were too lazy. We're just I like. I love your short color, honey. Isn't, isn't it nice? Um, anyway, so we got. It's very monochromatic. It's really good looking. I know. Isn't it nice? Rabbi Saul Solomon and um, Daniel Gordsman, the dancer choreographer. That's one element of this episode of oh, Dave's Combine. The rabbi. He could do some. You know, well, he's a, um, Gordsman is an educator. He's a teacher. He's no, been teaching dance. So he could teach no, I think Rabbi Saul. should share his own dance moves. He's done a lot. He's been dancing with men for years. If you want Rabbi Saul to throw out his lower back, his upper back, and his left testicle, have him dance. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not a good idea 
to have really I think I think have an older Jew move in any way, but shape, for or form. Religious people isn't dancing giving glory to God, so shouldn't he do it? Well, they, they, what do you call the Orthodox? Their weddings and things, and their their fabrikangans. They dance for you know, all night long. They they literally in circles and things, and just a man, you know, just a man. Yeah. But they they go crazy. They dance like mad because it is an ecstatic thing, um, you know. Although. I'm sure half of them are faking it. Half of them are just like, I just want to be on watching the television at this point. Why the hell? Oh, they got no, it. I, I think a lot of people do it because for them, if, they, if, if you can do caffeine and alcohol, but they want stimulants, dancing will raise their brain chemistry. Which is lovely. It's yeah, a, it's a healthiest. Yeah. yeah. But I, want, I, I have to wonder how many of these, these, you know, orthodox guys in the hats and the things oh. dancing get heart attacks. Oh, God. Because because yeah. they're literally from from five in the evening Maybe until three a.m. Dance every single one. I'm gonna look. Yeah, let's see this. I am curious about this. When we asked Daniel Gortzman about it, because I'm I am guessing he's Jewish. It's just a uh, you know, but if you see him and his name Gortzman Lefkowitz, I mean you can kind of tell. Even in this woke day and age, you can kind of tell. Anyway, we'll also have our Colorado Limerick of the Damned. Oh, what? These are the most... Wait, wait. I don't think the rabbis are dancing to that. Here we go. Really? Haban yet? Well, this is just this is like more of a yeah, more of a typical wedding kind of thing. This is not, yeah, you know, this is not Chabadniks going nuts. That's just a wedding. Anyway, so we have our Colorado Limerick of the Damned, where we're going to Ken Carroll, Colorado. There's actually a place called Ken Carroll, Colorado. Yeah, here we go. See, I could dance like this for a while. This is just kind of walking around. That's the kind of dancing I could do. Yeah, just just walk in sort of a circle for four hours. I I could even manage that. Anything more than I can in my twenties, I couldn't do any real dancing. I have, I have four left feet, but no. Let's show them going. You know. Um, so there is a place in Colorado called Ken Carroll. Something like a name, Ken and C-A-R-Y-L. We have a disgusting, horrible poem for you. One of our Colorado limericks of the dam. That will be coming up later in the neighborhood. And we will have our Today, Yesterday trivia quiz. And it's going to feature um, our friends of the neighborhood, Leslie Hoban, Blake, Vicky Quaddy, and our old friends and my family, the Shubes, uh, Jeffrey and Cynthia Shub, uh, Jeffrey Kirsch and, and Cynthia Shub Kirsch, will be playing our weekly trivia quiz. So you don't want to miss that. And you don't want to miss this either. Here we go. So imagine doing this for a very long time. All right, yeah. 
this is this is yeah it, you know, I'm all for it. And they're not really, they don't have to learn moves. Remember that guy? Jumping. Yeah. Remember that guy from a couple of months ago we were watching? He's he's South Asian. And he goes yeah. to like the freaking Antarctic. And he puts on like orange gloves and funny boots. And he just is there doing the Bangla dances and stuff like that. Could not do that. And, and even he is not a choreographed Fosse sort of, uh, you know, Gene Kelly type. He's kind of he's got a few moves. He does them really nicely, and then that's all he worries about. And then he tries to get everybody else to do it with him. This is this is rabbis going up, up, down, down, up, up, down, down, up, up, which I can do for about two minutes, and then I I fall exhausted to the floor because I'm completely out of shape. This is, oh my oh my god, check this shit. Out. <laughs> You know, if one of those guys, well, if yeah. one person falls, it's going to be like a, a NASCAR disaster in the pit, you know? No, well, there's nothing. There's just a bunch of uh, black hackers standing around. They're not really doing anything here. Well, this is the one where they, they have a guy or two just, you know, sliding across the floor doing Nicholas Brothers, or, or in this case, the Nikolaevich oh. Brothers. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. That's the Grand Levy. Why does it look like his robe has an erection? Because yeah. <laughs> he's happy. Okay, so Daniel Gortzman did not uh, choreograph this. I could have choreographed that. Yeah, but it's exciting, I'm sure. Like, if you believe this person is a spiritual leader... Oh, well, yeah. Oh, wait, 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 honey. Yeah, okay, one last thing, and then, yeah. He's got, he's got a partner. Oh, my God. <laughs> the love that will not speak its name, ladies and gentlemen. And if you look at the robe, you know who's the girl in this relationship. Yeah, but I'm sure out of all those people, it's an honor. Like, I would think out of all those people in that crowd, the guy who's dancing with him feels very Oh, well, sure. I mean, it might be the groom if that's a... If that's a uh, I don't know what it is, but there, I've never... If that's a huge wedding, maybe yeah. it's like okay. um, a special wedding of somebody in the community. Right, it could very well. And that could be the groom yeah, that's yeah. dancing with a big, grand... And you then know, he's rabbit. the guy who got off the M50, B57 bus in the Bronx. And it's like, what? Wait a second. Let me Can you were... tell me how to get to Greenpoint? <laughs> Stop shaking. Uh, holding I my arms. Bronx bus. B is for Bronx, not Brooklyn. Let me go. I'm, no, I have a couple of pastries, but then let me go. <laughs> like, Do you have any decaf coffee and an ice cream cheese bagel? That would be all right, yeah. Oh, so anyway, so any, how do we go? Oh, because we have a dance guy. We have a choreographer and dancer. We haven't had, I feel bad about that because we haven't had many dancers, a lot of actors, ton of actors on the show, singers cabaret. and things, music people, cabaret people, but very few. We've had Tony Winner, um, the guy who did Fela and Spring Awakening, Bill T. Jones, oh, yeah, yeah. major, major fella, Bill T. Jones has been. Oh, yeah. Um, he, won, he won the Tony. And then. We've had one or two, and forgive me for not remembering, but I, I've never really been, and I'll confess this right here, I've never been into Didn't dance person. garbage can lid is on the front. Okay, you want to go deal? Did you get the garbage can? No. What do you mean it's on the front? The garbage can lid is in the front of the... 
It's on the front. Uh, it's right on the front of the house. All right. Let me go get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so never. I have to say, I've never been that into or into really all. But even in Broadway shows, sometimes it's wonderful to see dance and choreography and, and important to the, the story and it gives a liveliness you know you need some noise to, to open the second act and things like that but it always went on too long for the most part and i was always like okay 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 dancing wonder and then it, you know you want two minutes of it and it goes on for eight and i'm just sitting there like eh. maybe i'm getting older um and my tastes are changing a little bit um also i just finished reading a couple of weeks ago the fossey book that, that Sam Wasson biography of Bob Fosse, which is mostly about who he's stooping, but there, there's also a big event that makes you want to go see his dance and what he did and his legacy, as well as those of people like Jack Cole and Martha Graham. So, so in reading that and then thinking more about dance, maybe I missed out on the thing. Maybe I just didn't get it. The beauty of bodies, male and female, the, the choreography, the symmetry, the motion of it, the, the idea of what a human can do for three or five or 15 minutes um, from the tip of their finger to the tip of their toe in just perfect, um, well, beauty would be a, a word for it, and, and control and the perfection of the body in the sense of absolutely every moment having a certain I, I can't, maybe Daniel Wurtzman can describe it, but I do find that more interesting now than I did 10, 20, certainly 30 years ago. So, so I'm not saying I'm going to, come, going to become a dance aficionado or, or whatever, but I'm more open, I think. I think I'm going to try and be more open to dance as an art form of itself. Uh, and, you know, because when I see dance that is exciting, even back in then, when I saw Spring Awakening, and the, the language that he created, Bill T. Jones did. I was like, whoa, what, you know, you sat up in your seat. It wasn't just the music, it wasn't just the story, it was the physicality. I was like, wow. Um, there were a couple of wonderful dance numbers in the Broadway show, Jagged Little Pill. It, I don't remember who the choreographer was on that, but I just remember that is a melding of story and feeling and visual imagery that is incredibly powerful. And I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'm, I've been um, shortchanging choreography all these years, and I shouldn't be doing that. So, not going to be saying that every week when I have more dance people, but we've had a couple already this spring, which is kind of neat. Um, Julie Mark and um, who we have on last week? Well, she's more Quinn Lemley's more of a singer, but also a dance. So, but today we have a real dive in the wool actual dancer choreographer teacher so excited to have rabbi saul solomon talk to him and, and maybe just get you know, ease a little bit more into dance as something we talk about here on dave's gone by um here see unfortunately goat goat can't dance but he can scream can't really do much more than that that's that's an unfortunate thing so we want to talk about later in the in the show because we have our guests a couple of them already coming to play the quiz in a few minutes. But we, um, Joyce and I actually, we did a field trip this week. 
right? Our lives have been so bound by our work and by the, you know, we moved to Maryland just a few months ago, so we have the house and the car. So it's just been this, 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 and the pandemic we're still worried about. So we don't really do much of anything. But this week, we went somewhere. And I'm going to talk about that with Joyce when we have more time, um, probably after the quiz and the guest. But it should, it should be cool. We went to a historical site in Maryland with beautiful imagery and horrible history. You, you're going to check that out. Also, what else do I want to talk about? Um, can someone answer this for me? I'm rather curious about this. So for the past bunch of months, we've all been following this. We've all been noticing that the, the Fed has been raising interest rates for the banks, for everybody to interest rates. Suddenly they're trying to stop the insane housing market, slow it down, and also to, to try and curb inflation. So what are they doing? They're raising rates, raising rates, raising rates. So if it was, thank you very much. Um, the garbage can was in the street. My gosh. It was like, not, I mean, someone pushed it over, but I didn't want anyone to hit it. So the, the Fed has been raising these rates and I'm like, okay, thank goodness we got our house when we did, you know, because uh, if we got it right now, our mortgage would be something like seven and a half percent. Um, might have lowered the overall house cost, maybe not, because it's still a pretty hot housing market. But it's it's cooled. It's cooled thanks to the raising rate. I'm fine. Okay, fine. So it couldn't stay 3.5% forever if you're buying a house. And now that we have one, I'm not so worried about it. Is it's it like, a guest coming? Don't forget. The guest is coming at 10.30, but oh, the, the other guests are coming at 9.30. Oh, is the quiz. Um, so this is your tea, honey. It's hot. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I got confused. I'm sorry. The so I'm wondering about this though. I'm thinking the Fed is raising all these interest rates, raising these interest rates. And I mean, hey, you know, kind of catbird seat because we didn't get our house at the lowest possible rate, but we also didn't wait until it, it was you know getting higher and up to more than seven percent now. We we got it right in the middle. Fine, fine, fine. And I'm figuring, hey, we're sitting on this, we're paying our mortgage, but since the Fed is raising all this this stuff. You know, we got money in the bank, mm -hmm. so we're fabulous. That means our bank interest rates are, raise, are rising too, because everything must be going up, right? So I'm thinking, hey, money. instead of getting like point, literally point oh one percent, not on a checking account, where you don't get any um, anything at all, but on a savings account, you would get point oh one percent on your money or point. I believe you know. now they take money back from you. I think yeah. Well, they do. It's what, called fees. I think what happens is that's what happens. And, but then I, I checked about a few days ago. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm wondering, hey, what, what are we getting? We have money in this bank. We have some money in that yeah. bank. Rich? <laughs> Fuck no, we're not. But we have a little bit of money set aside, um, even beyond, you know, giant mortgage freaking thing because we have to live, right? So I'm like, hey, I wonder maybe, hey, when we're just getting like 2% now. As opposed to point something. Yeah. Maybe we're actually getting not a decent return compared decent, to what people decent. decent compared to what people were getting like twenty-five years ago or thirty years ago. When you can actually open a, a banking account, you get seven to ten percent on your money and, and twelve percent on a CD. And check our, I, I check our major bank account. They're like, what the fuck? We're getting point like not even like point one. Not one percent, one tenth 
of 1% wow. on our savings account and point nothing on our checking. What? Why? How is this working? How is it that if people want to buy houses and mortgages and things, or I'm, I'm, cars too, um, suddenly they've got to pay all this extra percentage than they were a year or two ago. If you have a credit card, and you, you carry balances week, Maybe month to month, it's 20%. Of, a lot of people. You should ask your, isn't your cousin in, um, in the mortgage industry? I don't, I'm not sure. I don't remember. He might, might have been. I'll ask. But it's sort of like, wait, how is the twain not meeting? How come, they're, they're, I don't know if it's artificially or whatever, they're keeping everything that we get in the bank. All those people are saving. All those people who don't necessarily trust the stock market to put all our monies beyond 401k and, and TFF in. So, so it's like, hey, you know, we're not spenders. We're not buying a zillion things. We're not taking big trips, putting them in the bank, yeah. letting it grow. And hey, now the interest rates are going up. Maybe they're not. They're not. I mean, some places apparently have CDs now where you can get a couple of percentage things. And I, I, I want to look into those. But I'm just like, how does that work? How, how do they manage it to? forever swindle the middle class so that if you're carrying credit card debt you're paying unbelievable interest rate on it if you buy a house now you're paying higher interest on it but if you're just saving money in your bank yeah. you're still getting fucked up the ass why is this i don't maybe maybe some of you out there are more financial minded or you work in in banking industry or wall street or something you can answer this question because i i just it's it's perturbing you who? I know. Oh, well, we can, you know, we can talk about him just now because we got some people coming to the neighborhood. So last week, another thing I wanted to tell you about, I told you about, was um, <laughs> getting temporarily oh, hold on. from a yard sale giant shit-smeared unicorn. Now, giant shit-smeared unicorn was a big, is, is a big fluffy unicorn girl's like, you know, something that you win at a carnival thing, except twice the size. It's enormous, this thing. It is literally, if you're on its legs, it is the, it's the size of me. <laughs> just about. It's really soft and fluffy. And I'm, I'm looking at Trace like, we, we, can we, can we just get this? Can we? And Trace like, no, no, we can't. And she looked on the side of it. And there's like brown stains. I'm going to try with the baby wipe. Yeah. I think a baby wipe might get that off. I get my gardening gloves. But, but she's like, you, you can't get, not only is it enormous, not only don't we have room for it, not only do we need crap like this in our house, but it's got shit stains <laughs> on the side of it. What's the matter with you, Dave? But, so I didn't get it. I didn't, I didn't bid on it or, or I didn't offer any money. Yeah, I, don't think, yeah. I don't think, David, I don't think many people were bidding on it. <laughs> And they were throwing it out, and then it suddenly disappeared. So I think if somebody either grabbed it, took it off the lawn because it was already right, a free Sam, item. You cried? Oh wait, here's, here's the I kept looking out the window here's all the day. the original way that we um, saw him. This is this is how we first spotted him out of our kitchen window. window. No, no, dude, this is through this window. It was during your show. I took a picture. Oh, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. But th this is what it looked. It he unicorn looked like. Giant pink shit-stained unicorn across the street. And so... I don't uh, think it's doo-doo. I think it must be chocolate syrup. I know, it's chocolate syrup or it could be anything. But it looks like... like it's, it's kind of got like a stain on the side of it. 
So it went away. And then I'm, 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 I told this story last week. I see the people, the woman across the street mowing her lawn, which is more work than I do because I don't mow her own lawn. You want to show that? No. no. Um, and I say, oh, so, so they took the unicorn. What happened? She's like, no, it's back inside. You want it? <laughs> and she said it was like that, huh? But pretty much <laughs> saying, yeah, yeah, we still got it. You, you I'm like, just to, just to piss Joyce off. I'm like, yes. Because I, I bring it in, freak her out. And, you know, give back. Because, because the woman across the street said, look, I know your wife really doesn't want this. So if, you, if it doesn't work out, it's okay. You can bring it back to us. We'll, we'll figure out another thing. So I grab it. And it's, I've been putting it all over the house just to, to um, irritate Joyce. Although now we've got it per perched and poised on the rail of our staircase with potatoes on top of it. So it's becoming quite a, a thing. We're still, I promised, we're still giving it back at some point. But Joyce made me this deal last week. She said, look, if you get rid of the giant shit stained unicorn, I'll give you this. And it was a little um, like ceramic-y, it's not real ceramic, it's like clay unicorn toy in a box where it comes in. I think I showed it to you last week before it had sprouted. It just comes in a shell and you dip the shell in water and you keep the shell submerged in water yeah. and eventually the shell cracks and he comes and out. the unicorn look, breaks free a lot of pieces already look, yeah it's new water. but the thing is it's supposed to be about 24 to 48 hours everything for us david like we remember we had a margaret and ernest board mine that would grow frogs when they were legal and then now you can't and they like they're like oh they'll grow buds and i cried because when you when they yeah. get the legs you're supposed to switch the food and oh, i called them crying i'm like the, the guy, you know, he switched and I didn't give him the food. Will he die? And they're like, well, maybe. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. Not only didn't they die, they lived more than a decade. Yeah, it was so one they, of them. they lived in your Aunt Bonnie's uh, childhood, uh, right. uh, what do you call it, uh, classroom, uh, kindergarten or whatever she did, primary school. And probably because the kids manhandled them, they kind of. Yeah, well, it was an over the summer thing. I think they were intended to properly. But they lived much longer than they, you know, any, anybody thought that they would. And here's some. Um, <clears throat> Here is also another <coughs> item. Here, David, I it's Thank very you. hot. <clears throat> that choice got me. It's Thank you very hot. much. Oh, right by the okay. It's very hot. Mm. It's very hot. Are your shorts? Uh, it's very hot. Please I know. Be careful. I, know. I mixed it, but it's hot, so don't burn yourself. It's got a unicorn thing on it. All don't right, burn well. yourself. Here. It's very hot, David. Please don't burn yourself. Hmm. That's good. Thank you very much. Okay, so. Uh, let, actually, let me let the guests in, and we'll talk more about the unicorn later. But we've got guests coming into the neighborhood. Do you think Leslie will be wearing the crown? Well, can you, can you text Leslie to remind her? Because she wasn't sure she would be up early enough to play okay, the, um, the game. But we do have joining us in the neighborhood to play our Today Yesterday trivia quiz. Coming with us, a couple of beloved people in the neighborhood. Um, first of all, People who were some of the very, very first to play the Today Yesterday quiz on Dave's Gone By. My cousins, uh, Jeffrey Kirsch and Cynthia Shub Kirsch. They were, they were real. They were out there. First, I was doing the quiz with nobody. Good. What the? Vicky? <laughs> I have to get my camera right. <laughs> I saw this thing. I'm like, what is this? Like, um, and now, oh, my God. And look at Vicky's shirt. Vicky. I 
Wither. I can't see it. Well, why? Why? Well, because it matches my pants. Oh. <laughs> it's just a. It's just a fashion choice. I love it. I love it. God bless you, Vicky. And, and God does bless Vicky because she is the co-creator of <laughs> Bible. I'm sorry. Bible too. I'm sorry. What? I said, and there's that too. <laughs> and there's that. And, and I got this at the Spam Museum. I actually went to the Spam Museum, which I am telling you, uh -huh. I love museums. The Spam Museum is excellent. Excellent. Where is it? Where is it again? Where's Spam? It's in Minnesota. Minnesota. You know, it's in Minnesota. And when you walk in, a greeter comes with a pretzel, and on the pretzel is a piece of Spam. Immediately. Here you go. I'm like, yes. And we're going. I mean, we, I've been to, I don't know how I missed it. I've been to St. Paul and Minneapolis. And somehow, how far is the, the museum from there? We, I was there. Oh, it's uh, maybe from Minneapolis, St. Paul, maybe uh, two, two hours, three hours, two and a half to three hours. It's, a, it's, um, it's on the way to South Dakota. Like we always, we would drive and then you turn mm. before you go up to, Minnesota, to Minneapolis. You turn and you're going across the state. Oh, I and want it's, it's there, but I, it's worth the trip. Let me tell you. I am so so like, hon, we're going to Minneapolis this summer. I just I wrote Leslie. Yeah, we're also waiting for, for Leslie to join us, but we do have with us for the first time in a long time because they moved and they, had, they were teaching and all this stuff was going on. But we have Jeffrey Shoe Kirsch and Cynthia Shoe Kirsch or Jeffrey Kirsch. Welcome, guys. How are you doing? Yeah. You should come to Arizona in the summer. <laughs> are you in Arizona or Vegas? I'm sorry. Where are you? Arizona. Arizona. All right. How is Arizona? Oh, it's like hell. We're in the month of hell. Well, the season of hell. <laughs> oh, God. There's, there's two seasons. We have summer and hell. You and chose to move there. Well, it's not New York, so yes. But it's dry heat, right? It's dry well, heat. Yeah, it's, oh, that's a lie. Heat so is the heat. So is a crematorium. <laughs> 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 no, it's like, yeah, I love this idea, but you know, when you're when you got schwitz on your neck and your arms, there's nothing. No, no. there's no schwitz. You don't, you don't sweat. You don't sweat. You don't sweat. But it's still miserable, right? No, no, it's actually, actually it's, you get used to it. You, you do really get used do. to it. You really do. Yeah. How old are you guys? No, I mean, none of my business. But are you guys in their your sixties at this point? Because no, I'm not no, used to it yet. No, no. I gather you've never looked at the family tree. Nobody has grass out there. It's all stone. There's no grass. No, no, no. no, 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 no. A lot of our neighbors have actual grass, which I think is well, crazy. from California. No. no, yeah. We have turf in the front. AstroTurf. Yeah, yeah, but you would never know. I mean, you can look at it, walk on it. And Jeff's sister just came out to visit, and she thought it was real grass. Uh, so the stuff is now pretty good. But in the back... It's all well. Besides, the pool takes up most of the yard, but there's it's it's desert scape, yeah. um, which is amazing involved. because Arizona is known for golf courses, and they have to take yeah, we, the yeah. water in the state and commandeer it just to water the golf courses. And keep but no, that's in in the community that we live in, which is a very very large planned community. Uh, they recycle all the water, yeah. and it's used for the golf courses. So you they know, don't. I, I do that with my urine. Like yeah. making, right. why am I why am I going to waste tap water from Maryland? My my urine is actually probably better quality than the water coming from That's the tap. Not true. <laughs> That's not true. Now, now, Cynthia, isn't it true that Arizona was the forty eighth state 
it's the last contiguous state yes. admitted. And it was it was admitted, I think, like around Valentine's Day. And I forget what year it was. 19, 1912. 1912. And um, it and they had applied for statehood. They meaning whoever, you know, the powers that be in Arizona and the government didn't want to give them statehood because they thought the land was worthless until they discovered that there was there were things that could be mined. There's, oh, yeah, yeah. there's, there's plenty yeah. of gold, but, I, you know. When I when I dig in my backyard, I just, like, hmm. I just find rocks when I dig in my backyard. I'm driving home one day and I pass this huge salt mine. It's a Morton salt mine. Oh, yeah. Massive area. And uh, I mean, I got all kinds of things they're digging up here. Wow. Oh, yeah. But it took the government find to realize that before they approved statehood for Arizona. That's funny. Well, it's 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 nice. We're happy. Um, yeah. First of all, I got to say, I love being retired. I I love it. I've, I'm now getting to do, you know, all the hobbies that I I wanted to do, didn't have time, and I just joined a theater group. I'm performing. What are you doing? What are you doing? I'll be acting. We're doing a murder mystery. Uh huh. Um. And when I when I signed up, I didn't realize how many lines I was going to have. It's you know twenty two <laughs> pages of script for you alone is twenty two. Oh how many? Well, yeah. I have. I think I have the majority of the the lines. Yeah. Um, I I'm the comedic role. I, I play the eighty four year old gr Italian grandmother who has no filter. <laughs> it's perfect, yeah. except for the age. But it's perfect. Well, mustache, or you know, I have. We're working on. I'm going to get a, a gray wig, and then I, I have to get you know stuff a bra, you know, because they want like yeah. They want down by the knees. Yeah, yeah exactly. You've got just don't don't stuff your bra. Just bring your knees up. Oh, she needs to wear all black, right? Widow's role. That's yeah, exactly. that that was my initial my initial thought was all black, I and I. I have to put on a, a, she wanted a, a Queens Italian accent. Oh, so, yeah. so I said, oh, okay, yeah, I could do that. I, you know. No, but yeah. she meant like the Queen of England. So it makes it a little difficult at that point. Yeah, that I would be really stuck. So Jeffrey, what, how are you enjoying, I mean, you've been retired for a bit longer, sort yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Right to the last, but how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Okay, yeah. how, what, you, yeah. what is your, how, are you in the theater room too? More importantly, how are the puppies? And how are your dogs, yes. They're here. Showing them. Yay! You sound like Mark Wahlberg there, Dave. How are you doing? Mon's here. Oh, there they are. Okay, they're Mon's both hanging over the edge here. Just oh, oh, so cute. Come here. Cute. Marlon, come. Marlon, come. Do they go out? Like, do they go they're outside? They, what do you, what do they, how do they adapt to the heat? Well, the, um, the little guy here, is he's a, a Mexican, uh, what part Chihuahua? Yeah. He loves the heat. Oh, yeah. he, he'll, he'll just lie out there, yet try to get him in. We can't leave them out alone though, because there are certain critters that owls. Well, there's owls, owls there's yes. wait a minute, there's um, coyotes, coyotes there's oh. rattlesnakes, Bobcats. there's bobcats. Wait, 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 stop right there. Scorpions. Wait. Have you seen, have you two? Physically seeing rattlesnakes. No. Nope. 
No, no. Yeah, we we have we put up rattlesnake fence on our perimeter. <laughs> yeah. Does that actually wait, wait? A rattlesnake sort of lives on how does that keep out a rattlesnake? Aren't they sort of there and you know you put well, they have to they have to be able to get into your yard and if it's secured, they can't get in. The fencing is like a mesh, like they go down about six inches underground with it. Oh. And they also put concrete under the gates so uh, they, they to, can't to get the yard. In. So there's no access for the for the Well, yard. you're making Arizona was... sound great. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I can't wait to visit. <laughs> the only animals I've seen oh. up close so far are rabbits, oh. uh, lizards. Um, what's the um, uh, the bird? Roadrunners. Road runners. Really? <laughs> oh my God! The roadrunners. Yes. And, Do they look and, anything like like the roadrunner in the cartoon? Well, I saw the coyote painting a tunnel on a on a rock on a boulder. <laughs> but we also have deer yes yes I haven't seen we have that, a, i've seen the deer so we've and i only saw in the distance a coyote hmm. and they're just walking around minding their own business they're on the golf course yeah. and they were just walking down the road i was at a stop sign <laughs> just sitting on the corner the coyote yeah yeah Whoa. yeah wow there's coyotes here i thought it was a stray dog well, uh, you're in suburban Chicago, right? No, I'm in Chicago. You're in, you're in, so what, what kind of critters do you actually get in the city? I'm talking about actual animal animals. Yeah. Okay. In the city proper, I'm not talking out in the suburbs. Okay. Uh, there's coyote and there's deer and they live in mostly in the cemeteries um, okay. because it's open. Uh, yeah. The coyotes can be found downtown. You'll see them. Uh, in the loop, you'll see them in alleys. Um, you'll see them at I'm night. surprised. Really? You know, they have, they have, oh, yeah. There are fox now living in Millennium Park. There's a fox family. Um, and they're great because they catch rats. Well, um, it's Irving they, and Myra Fox. They're, they're actually belong to the temple over there in, in uh, Skokie. So, they so could use deer. that in the city if it takes care of rats. Oh, they I'm do. They, they, uh, they use fox and uh, a coyote. I, I have often run into deer as I'm driving home at night, you know, and you, like you're just on a side street or something and all of a sudden you see a movement and you think, oh, and then there'll be a deer there. Um, what else? Oh, the standard rabbits, rats, obviously. Oh, it's a rat, yeah. Um, um, well, that's where the rattlesnakes come in handy because they ah. eat the rats. Yeah. Oh. But the, the nice thing is I can sit out back in any time and there's no mosquitoes. No. Oh, see, that was the thing that shocked me about Colorado when, when Joyce and I were living there for over a decade. I thought one thing about Colorado is it doesn't get a hell of a lot of some snow, but it's not a rainy place. It's very dry. The climate is it's northern. Not going to get mosquitoes, but summer they had a spray. Um, skeeters were, you know, it's not like Louisiana or the bayou, but we, oh, yeah, we're really coming, there's no water. Oceanside. Huh? Or Oceanside. Yeah. Oh, my God. When we lived in Oceanside. You could you just couldn't walk out back at all. Wow. I don't get it. I yeah. don't you know it's, it's on the water. It's right on the water. I imagine yeah. skeeters are an issue. Yeah. Uh, Huge. near the ocean dark. Yeah, but yeah. I don't get why we were in such a dry climate and yet mosquitoes were they, they like they like the skiing. The skiing, you think that it could be. They're, they're... There's people here in my community that say there's mosquitoes, but most of the people say they've never seen any. And I I've been here now over a year. I haven't seen any. 
So even July, August last summer, you didn't. Wow. No, Knock no, no. Alibi, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Two anyway. years ago, yeah. we like inundated with houseflies. Yeah, well, that one, every year what? they say it happens. No, it didn't happen last summer. Oh, are you guys Jewish? Don't you want to spit through your fingers or go toy toy toy? And when you yeah. say something like that, right, this right, year, right. you know, that, they swore. <laughs> Hitler hasn't been reborn and done a Holocaust this year. Toy, 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 you know, you just have to yeah. be extra careful. That's the name and how they make. He says like faith. Right. That's a good question. Joyce has a question for you guys I, I, again for Jeffrey and Cynthia. In terms of how do you guys make friends? Um, you know, you just don't. Oh, yeah. You know, who needs join, friends? Join the temple. No, know. yeah. No, there's no we temple here. <laughs> Wait, of course there's a temple somewhere near you. Well, there's there's a Chabad that we would still have to drive to. And then if we wanted, like, you know, a conservative or reform synagogue, we would about, have to go half hour away. at least, yeah, half hour. So, so are you really insular or are you trying to make... Friends, so no, no, we have friends. We have friends. We, yeah. they, they, they actually, we went to a meeting. Um, it was a club that was started. It didn't last too long, though. But we got a lot of friends out of it. It was you know, people from New York living here. There, oh. It's not. There's not a huge amount of New Yorkers here. Um, but you know, part of the problem was COVID, and I didn't want to go to any of these indoor group meetings. Um, you know, I'm. Feeling better about it now. I'm up to six vaccines, um, and so that's why I was able to join the, the theater group and you know meet in close quarters with a, a bunch of people. Although I said um, two of those were for gonorrhea. Snake oh, <laughs> <laughs> bite. What do you mean? <laughs> Listen, every six months I'm going for my COVID shot. That's it. No, and have you? Has either of you gotten COVID in the past? No. Oh, no. What we say, toy, 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 no, 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 right, really, right? Yeah, bite your tongue. Yeah, no, we. Well, we, I'm not gonna bite my tongue because I've got to be a moderator here and start the quiz because we, we actually have our, our guest coming at ten thirty. He can't do the quiz with us, so I want to, you know, do the quiz uh, and get her done before the guest comes in, okay. and of course before Leslie comes in because she's Leslie. So let's. She's probably still sleeping. She warned me. She said if it's that early, she's probably sleeping in. Yeah, but, I said um, good morning, and I said, please join us. I think she should look at the What I would like you guys to do, um, Jeffrey and Cynthia, is think of a number between one and six and tell me what it is. Four. Four, okay. And um, Vicky, please? I'll take three. Three. Three for the mixture. Oh, yeah, we're going to do it. That's the point. We're going to wear... Here, look, we're gonna try this. Joyce is gonna be our roller. This is this is so cool. We bought these this week. Joyce? No whammies. Do no we whammies. do we get to see Joyce? No, I she doesn't go on camera. She, I know. I still, you know, I still haven't fake. met her. It's a, it's I've never seen my own cousin here. By marriage. In terms yeah. of my parole and my uh, witness protection. <laughs> That's right. She has to stay four hundred yards away from a camera. It's for, oh, a four. We rolled a four. So um Jeffrey. Do you want to be first, second? What did you say, first or second? You take first. First, sure. Why not? Okay, so Jeffrey's going to be first, and that automatically, Vicky. Well, I'll, I'll be second. If, I'll be second, and then if Joyce comes, we are. Uh, uh, um, we'll just ignore her. No, no, no. If Leslie comes, um, we will do <laughs> first six. I didn't take that number, and she can be third. 
Thank you. I honestly good. don't. I think she's schlocky. She's sleeping. She probably she's is. Listen, if I could get up at at five a.m. for this, that's wow. right. You know? Yeah, but for them, it's the only time that it's below a hundred. <laughs> yeah, what the hell else you gonna do? Is, we do a lot of gardening. I do my gardening normally at six a.m. Yeah, that makes sense. Probably like 79 yeah. degrees before it hits a high. For wait, wait, wait. Cynthia, you have an astroturf. Yeah. What are you gardening? Oh, no, my backyard. Oh, it's planting, growing seeds. Dementia was already setting in. It's like, look how beautiful <laughs> our lawn is. Yeah. I'm watering it all morning. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Anyway, are you guys ready to play the Today Yesterday trivia game quiz? Yeah. Except for your theater questions, yes. <laughs> Do I have it? We'll see what we have here. Let's see. Okay. So starting first will be Jeffrey and, and Cynthia. So this question goes directly to you. The year was 15, excuse me, 1539. I'm good. Oh, I remember it. Hernando de Soto lands on the coast of Florida and claims it for Spain. Which of these is false about de Soto? A, he was the first European to reach the Mississippi River. B, De Soto died when he was accidentally grazed by a bayonet from one of his own men and infected. C, he was once appointed the governor of Cuba. Or D, with Cole Porter's permission, it's De Lovely was rewritten as a jingle for De Soto. Aww. So one of these, however, is false. Um. What were they again? <laughs> sure, sure. I'll, let, let me read the maybe, question again. Maybe this will help. Um, <clears throat> this, is, <laughs> this doesn't help anything. <laughs> there is nothing that this helps. <laughs> nothing in the universe that that helps. Maybe the laughing will stimulate uh, you. So this is thing, the soda. I know that the soda was my episode. I never had one. <laughs> oh, so no. what, which of these were false about the soda? A, he was the first European to reach the Mississippi River. B, DeSoto died when he was accidentally grazed by a bayonet from one of his own men and the wound got infected. C, he was once appointed the governor of Cuba. Or D, with Cole Porter's permission, it's De Lovely was rewritten as a jingle for DeSoto. Just play that, just play that for them, Nick. So while, while you're thinking, <laughs> choice wants to share this. I call a friend. No, uh, your friend calling here. I know you okay. your, your yeah, phone. I don't have my phone. Cheating. <laughs> Text with me. Right. Yeah. Here's my phone. It's off. Oh, no, no. no it's not on. It's, it's on, but not, uh, not being used. Oh, there's my son's picture. Okay. Oh, well, I couldn't really see. Is he the, the railroad guy? Let me see. Yes. Yeah. It's, we only see the time. No. Oh, it's his 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 face. It's his uh, railroad pass. Oh, Yay! Yeah, That's oh, my I have screen. an employee number. I can get him into a tremendous amount of fraud there. Thank you. So, so uh, this is being recorded. Yeah, yeah, you know. Well, they you should know that. But yeah, be careful. You're right. Is he um, yeah. yeah, he's on the LIRR. He's I um yeah. I, as I saw him once years ago, he took my ticket. I was like, wait, I know you. I watch your show. I was like, yeah, they're their son. And I was like, oh yeah, Dave's gone by. And then he's like, I'm your cousin. <laughs> it's like, how you doing? <laughs> so, um. I'm going to say A. You're going to say it is not true that he was the first European to reach the Mississippi River. Is that your final answer? 
Might as well be. <laughs> <laughs> Screaming goat? What do you think? Oh, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, you, we've drowned you with that one. That is, that was a really bad segue. But no, that is not the correct answer. So, Vicky, you have a shot at um, some points here for two points. You know, I. It sounds so bizarre that Desoto, the lovely. But is that possibly true? I mean, it is possibly true that he got scratched and died. I think that's true. Um, and that he was the governor of Cuba. That's possible. I'm going to say it's the DeSoto, uh, it's the DeLovely, the last one. You're saying not it's true. not true that. It's um, probably true, but I'm going to say it's not true because it sounds too bizarre. Is that your final answer? It is, Mr. Goat. <sighs> well, I'm afraid it's a DeLousy answer because I guess, oh, yes, Cynthia, what? I have my own answer. We can't. I know okay. you can't count it. <laughs> You're a teacher. You can't count it. As a, Your dad's no more choices. As a former right. teacher, if you don't know an answer, you always say C. So that's my guess. So you're saying it is not true that he was once appointed governor of Cuba? Yes. <laughs> you have to go back to the board of egg. I actually stumped the panel completely wow. on this one. The only false answer on that was about the wound and his death. What happened was he contracted a fever. And the thing was, his men um, took him probably at night and just buried him in the Mississippi River oh, very quietly. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, I hope he was dead. <laughs> I'm sure of the people he, he was conquering. But um, the other thing is, where I want to say, oh, it was true that Cole Porter said, yep, you can take my song. And it was, it's the lovely, it's dynamic, it's DeSoto. So that's, that's how they changed it. That was really actually. Wow. Was it for him or for the automobile? For the, oh, for the, the automobile, which was. <laughs> but you can't hear. What? The, the car was named. After that. No, no, but the song. Yeah. Was it for a car commercial or was it yeah. for DeSoto? Oh, uh, I yes. thought it was for him, the person. That's, that's, oh, no, that's no, what, what meant specifically the car. You know. Yeah, oh, that's I what threw us all. Yeah. Yeah. That was the only question. You did? Yeah, it was true. Don't be bad students to saying it's the question. That's right. That question was a little hinky. No, no, no. You just say this. This is the classic line of all students. We're all confused. It's not just me. We're all confused about this. <laughs> we want our point. Right. No, nobody gets it. Right. right. Sometimes we're just wrong. <laughs> it's, thank you. And it's still a tie game. We have a you know, zero-sum game so far with lots of questions to go in our Today Yesterday quiz here on Dave's Gone By. So this next question, though, goes directly to Vicky Quaddy. So okay. Vicky, let's go. The year, well, yeah, or more than let's go, it was 1851. Play ball. The New York Knickerbockers do just that as they take the field wearing, for the very first time ever for any baseball team, pants. uniforms. Pants. Well, pants. <laughs> Which of these composed these first baseball uniforms? Okay. A, straw hats, white shirts, long blue pants. Mm -hmm. B, newsboy type caps, player's choice of shirt, shorts. C, no hats, white shirt, white knee-length knee pants, or D, trick question. 
The Knickerbockers were founded in 1851, but uniforms didn't happen until the 1880s. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Tricky. PT, too Trick question. Is that your final answer? Sure. All right, hold on, hold on. Let me see. I'm going to leave the go aside for a moment. So you're saying it is not true that this was a trick question? The Knickerbockers. I think it, I think it was a trick question. You know, uh, right, it was a trick question. I'm sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I trick myself sometimes. Aww. Yeah, I'm, I'm very sorry, but I tricked you with a trick question. It is not a trick okay. question. So that is not the answer. And this question now goes for a steal to. Cynthia and Jeff. She said that it was a trick question. Oh, okay. Okay. It's not a trick question. All right. right. Um, I think the answer is A. The straw hats. So you're saying it is true. This is about yeah. what it was true, what they actually wore. Right. It is true that the first team in, back in 1851, the Knickerbockers, wore straw hats, white shirts, and long blue pants. And you're saying that is true? Yeah. Well, Give these people straw hats and then the white shirts and long blue pants because you got two points. Yay! Congratulations. Yes, my husband owns quite a few baseball uniforms. Oh. Or actual historical ones or just local or what? Some historical, yeah. Some historical. And uh, I know I, I happen, there's a site called Dress to the Nines. It's yeah. uh, on the Hall of Fame site. And it goes to the whole history of baseball uniforms. Uh, and it has it, it, uh, pictures of every team's uniform in every league that ever existed in the United States. Really? Um, what site is yeah. that? I'm going to write that yeah. down. It's, it's called, it's uh, on the Hall of Fame site. It's a section called Dress to the Nines. But it's on, what's the site it's on? What's it called? It's called if you Google Dress to the Nines Hall of Fame. Okay. Like right baseball Hall of Fame. So let me ask you, what is your oldest, most beloved, valuable uh, uniform that you have? Is it uh, the last one that you got? 1958. Sandy Koufax jersey. Ooh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So Sandy Koufax actually wore. No, he didn't no. wear this. It's it's a it's a um uh it's an it's a it's a reproduction, but a authentic reproduction. In other words, made of the material. It's uh, an exact replica. It's not a replica like you find in a in a store. Uh, you know, off the rack. It's uh, yeah, you know. I'm going to go to Models and buy that. Right. Right. Well, no Models and buy anything. Right. Well, not now. <laughs> and Stanley Kovacs, of course, because he was Jewish. But uh, we, that's just—is that yeah. why you chose Kovacs? Or it was no? a gift. That was a gift. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. That's on the book. So here's, by the way, if people are looking for. Yeah, that's the site. Yeah. It's dressed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. It goes year by year of every team, the uniforms they wore. Well, we should leave now because you've hit his major <laughs> hobby, baseball. Yeah. And, yeah. So, you know, yeah. but keep going. We'll Actually, wait, wait, let me, let me ask you a question now. You, you, yeah. must have, you were in New York all those years. Yeah. So either Mets or Yankee fans. Mets. 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 Oh, Mets. I'm sorry. Have you had to switch? <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Have you had to switch to the Diamondbacks? Can you, or do you remain Mets fans? How does that work? I'm a, I'm a Mets fan, all the way. Right. Yeah. I subscribe to you, the MLB. Sorry. Hmm? I get the MLB package so I can watch the Mets games. And he, we belong to a site online, uh, Mets fans living in Arizona. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. When the Mets come to town at, uh, at Chase Field, mostly Mets fans in the ballpark. 
Wow. Yeah. Even though there's no New Yorkers out there, somehow they, they gravitate to yeah. you know, yeah. Ricky, if you were to ever move from Chicago, I mean, first of all, are you are you White Sox or Cubbies? You gotta be Cubbies. I am a Cub fan, but we also support the White Sox, which someone told me years ago means that you're actually a Cub fan because the White Sox would never support the Cubs. Oh, White Sox oh, really? fans would never support a, the Cubs. Yeah. They're very, you know, they're, new, new but Yankees. for me, we support, because they're Chicago. We support Chicago. If you moved, would you always be then a Chicago fan? Or let's say if you moved to Arizona or somewhere yeah. else contiguous? I, I would be a Chicago fan. Of course. You take it with you. I know. Right. I kept trying to, to get into the... Um, You've uh, rooted against any, every other team. Why would you now say... Switch. I know. Yeah. I know. You don't but like the, is it, the Orioles? Or like, where are we I can't get into the Orioles. I can't... When we were in, in Denver, I couldn't get into the... Um, who were the, who were the Colorado Rockies? I couldn't. Rockies. I don't know if you can see this. I'm going to see if I can show it to you. Can you see oh, this picture? Really? Oh, who is can that? That's, that's that my father. He was a minor league player oh. um, in Minnesota. Yeah, that's his uniform. Minnesota. Minnesota. My dad grew up in Minnesota. He was a minor league baseball player, and um, we wow, uh, used to have. Uh, a, a lot of uh, his equipment, but somehow it, it just got lost. But um, but yeah, my dad loved playing minor league ball. Oh man, wow! Anyway, and Dave, I love, sorry, yeah, my my dad was born in Detroit and moved to New York at a very young age, but he was forever a, a Detroit fan. Wow! Really, the tiger? He, he tigers, even though he was like five or whatever when he moved. Yeah, I, yeah it, it, it's just it's a family it's, thing because you're. Because your mom or your dad were fans, and your uncles and your aunts, and well, you know, his parents were fans of anything. Yeah. They, and it's also I don't even know if they spoke English now. yet. When I when we were in Colorado, I became a Broncos fan. I really did. I, I kind of the Jets sucked. So, yeah. of the Jets. so I was like, you know what the hell? With it? I'm going to try. And I tried. I, I, of course, the Broncos were doing really well. It was a Peyton Manning um, years. Oh, yeah. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, I got into it, and now I couldn't give a shit about the Broncos. I'm like, yeah. yeah. I'm only going to point out that your next guest comes on in 27 minutes. We're good. We're good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So <laughs> let's stay on top of it. And by the way, um, congratulations, though, so far to Jeff and Cynthia. Two points on the board with that last question. So our next question, though, goes directly to Jeff and Cynthia as we start our second round since Leslie isn't with us. The year was 1926. Born today in New Jersey. I love this one, is poet Allen Ginsberg, best known for his early groundbreaking works like Howl and Kaddish. Which of these was not a lesser-known poem by Allen Ginsberg? A, America, your face is ass. B, kiss ass. C, sweet boy, give me your ass. Or D, under the world, there's a lot of ass. One of these, only one is of fake? these. Is fake? Yes, the other three are actual Allen Ginsberg poems. He was obsessed with you. You ever read Allen Ginsberg? He was such an ass. Uh, yes. Yeah. Wait, Nick, no, one of these, three what? of these are? No. Is false. One of these is fake. The false, other three false. are real. Yeah. So, yeah, so three are real and one is fake. Yes. You got to say them again. Of course. Which of these is not an actual Allen Ginsberg poem? A, America, your face is ass. B, kiss ass. C, sweet boy, give me your ass. 
or D, under the world, there's a lot of ass. I'm going to say D. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm just, just from the little I know about him, I'm, I'm going to say D. Okay, Cynthia, are you, are you agreeing, or are you going to split off and be your own faction again? You can, you can, have, you can. Well, no, we say, but this is, yeah. you're saying that one's He's fake. Saying, right? It's the fake. Yeah. I, I would have chosen a different one, but that's okay. Which one? Which one? So I, I, I always, always go to him. Uh, I have a gut feeling. Wow. So you're saying it's not true that there's an Allen Ginsberg poem called Under the World, There's a Lot of Ass. Final answer? Yes. Well, I'm afraid we're going to bury you that with that one, Under the World, because Under the World, there is a lot of ass in a poem by Allen Ginsberg. So, Vicky, you get to tie get the to tail. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I I dare ask you to read them again. Well, you asked me to read them again. Huh? All right. Here we go. Which of these is not an Allen Ginsberg poem? A. America. Your, <clears throat> excuse me. Face is ass. Yes. B. Kiss ass. Kiss ass. Sweet boy, give me your ass. Boy. Hmm. And these are early poems. I can say that these are oh, poems. Oh, lesser. In his lesser, poems. lesser poems. Yeah. Kiss ass. Everything other than than howl and cow. This are lesser. So you're saying kiss ass is not the. I'm going to say kiss ass is not. It's, it's, yeah, it seems too uh, simple. Is that your final answer? Sure, why not? What? <laughs> <laughs> that is for your face, Vicky. But I'm afraid that is not the correct answer. Oh, no, no. The, the Which one is it? Incorrect answer. I I made up. Because it's sounded political. America, your face is ass. Oh, no, that's that, really that, no, is. Um, Kiss ass is from 1971's collection, The Fall of America, and both Sweet Boy, Give Me Your Ass, and Under the World, There's a Lot of Ass are from 1977's collection, Mind Breaths. Yeah. Alan Ginsberg was an interesting fella. Okay, and a member of NAMBLA, really by the way. The yeah. So, um, or defender of NAMBLA. I don't know if he was a member of it. But we still right. have a two-point game. But here's the deal, Vicky. Do not fret. I could, I could tie it up right now. You could. You could. Well, Actually, first we have to get it wrong. Plenty of time because the questions get shorter, obviously. Um, but here's, okay. here's this question. This is not a multiple choice. This is just a short answer. Like, do you know it or not? The year was 2016. Hmm. Stranger to Stranger is released today by Concord Records. It is the 14th studio album by this singer-songwriter whose latest album, Seven Songs, was released just two weeks ago. Name that New Jersey-born artist. Springsteen. Or is, that, is that your... I thought it, why not? Oh. I thought it was... Oh, wait, 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 this, is, this is Vicky's question. Okay, got it. Okay. Okay. Um, you're saying Bruce Springsteen. That's sure. Yeah. Well, Vicky, you're not the boss of me. You're not the boss of me, and that is the boss is not, oh, I'm afraid, dear. the right answer. Oh, dear. Right. So, wow, you can build on your lead, Jeff and Cynthia, if you know the answer to this question. I'll read it again. Uh, the year was 2016. Stranger to Stranger is released today by Concord Records. It is the 14th studio album by this singer-songwriter whose latest album, Seven Psalms, 
was released just two weeks ago. Name that New Jersey-born artist. John Bon Jovi. Hmm. Could be. It, is that your final answer? Is it John Bon Jovi? Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I'm afraid it's not Bon at all. At all. Bon. Who is it? Not the question. Ooh, You're gonna yeah. kick your. I, I could give you. I'll, I'll. I'll tell you a couple of other albums of his. Hearts and Bones. Um, Rhythm of the Saints. I, I just can't think the name. Um, Better known as someone, even though he's had a solo career for decades, really kind of still better known for being in a duet. No point. Sonny Bono. No. Given the given, a direct clue. It's hard. Um, let me see. Uh, oh. Uh, hmm. What kind of music? You know, rock, pop, folk, rock. Um, Hall and Oates. It's, it's one. It's either Hall or Oates. No, 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 no. That's what I thought. Oh, this. Oh, you had to kick yourself. kick yourselves. I can't give. What was another? Um, the name of the albums with this partner. Seals and Croft. Earlier in the day. No. no. Included Wednesday morning, 3 a.m. Uh, well, it's Chris Christopherson, but. No, not Chris Christopherson. Uh, and Rhea Coolidge. Willie Nelson. He's not from New Jersey. Uh, uh, let's see, who else? What, what are these? Chris Christie? Um, <laughs> Chris Christie. <laughs> it is Chris Christie, isn't it? It, it is. is. I mean, He's going to be running. Psalms is going to be his presidential song. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's closer to DeSantis, but uh, so, so no, guys, the, the answer is a uh, person who just released seven songs two weeks ago, Paul Simon. Uh, oh, Paul Simon. Oh, I didn't know he was born in New Jersey. Yeah. Who's yeah. married to Evie Burkell? Yeah. For many, many, gave many. him that. that <laughs> well, I, I should have, you're right, married to Evie Burkell, that would have been a good one. You're right. Some um, reason I thought, you know, he was, uh, I think Forest Hills, I don't think of uh, Jersey. I think yeah. he was born in Forest Hills. Paul Simon. Can you check on that? I'm, I could have gotten that wrong. I might have gotten that wrong. I wasn't there, so I don't know. It's, oh, he was born in Newark. He was born in Newark, New Jersey. Yes. So. so this is the difference. He's right. So the shoes are not right, but it, almost right. So he was grew up in Queens, but he was born in, in uh, Newark. Yeah. It would have been yeah. more fair if I yeah. said this Queens raised him. Yeah. I mean, that would have been a little more. Because yeah, another, another, another issue with a question. That was misleading. <laughs> that was hey, really look, we still have a two-point game. And we're, we're a little more than halfway. We've got one more round and then the tiebreaker. So are you guys ready, ready, ready? Yeah. Cool. Okay, here we go. We have, ah, so this is Jeff and Cynthia. You haven't played the game in a while, but there's another question that we do called change one letter. Have you been watching the you, you, you Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there are two answers. I like that one. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, maybe you will. Maybe you won't. There are She's two answers to this one. Each is worth one point. So if you get, get it right. So, but one answer is only one letter different from the other answer. So you know how to play. You know how it's done. This is about someone who was born today in Mallorca in 1986. This left-handed tennis legend is unbeatable on clay. Change one letter for a word related to birthday. Oh. 
That's what she said. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's never. Hmm? It's never. Oh. Born in Spain, left-handed, uh, tennis player, plays well on clay. That is Yeah, I mean, I'll read the poem again. And, and, no, no, no. This, I'm just helping them with the clues. Tennis. Okay, so something to do with birthday. Birthday cake, okay. birthday song, birthday party. Think things like that, and then change one letter to get to right. the. Right. Tennis player. Yeah. Right. Ricky, you are so Christian, you're actually helping other people. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? What's the matter? Jews don't help people. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. Call Leslie. You got Vicky, you gotta give Leslie a wake-up call. That's the... <laughs> well, it's too late now. Now we're no, I mean, that's their Betty. We gotta give her a wake-up. Birthday gift. Birthday present. Ooh. Ooh. Hmm. Because I got no answer. Oh, oh, either. Oh, 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 oh. I got nothing. So I'm helping you because I don't know. I'm thinking names of tennis players, Spanish tennis players. That's what I'm trying to do, but I don't yeah, know we don't know any, so that doesn't help. Doesn't so we're help. thinking of words that have to do with birthday, right? Well, birthday, yes. Birthday, birth. Oh, your birthday, the day you're born. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, I think we're really stumped. Ah, so stumped. come up with a word then that has to do with birthday. Or oh, birthday. Yeah. You keep saying that like you're I keep saying it very intentionally. Birth. Yeah. Uh, birch. No, no, that doesn't even work. <laughs> oh no! It's like Alan Ludden and, and Peggy White on Password. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm totally stumped. I'm totally stumped. I'm so not used to seeing you like this. Oh my. Oh my. Well, do you want wow. to have a name or something or what? Or. Um, and this is a tough one. I'm not. I'm definitely. Yeah. Tough, but yeah. Yeah, because I always get these right. That's why this is so funny. But but you really nah, threw us. I'm, I'm just getting nothing. Uh, something with birthday. Birth. Born. All I can. So born. All right. And Bjorn, Bjorn, Bjorn. but that but that's. That's uh, not changing a letter. No, I'm not changing. Well, anymore. born and born. That's really are. clever. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Well, actually, actually, wow. Uh, if you you want to go, well, no, I, mean, I can't. I can't. You you give me an answer. We'll just go with with born and 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 Borg. Borg. <laughs> that is a great, great answer. And wrong. <laughs> and wrong. And wrong. But it was so because of the Spain part. But I that, that's born and Borg. Born Borg. That's great. It's not not right. So. Not right. Not right. <laughs> Don't even come to me. I had no idea. I had no, no idea. Um, <laughs> no. 
the whole left side is numb now. <laughs> Come on, hospital. Service <laughs> joke. <laughs> tennis his, players. His, his brain exploded. Left-handed, left-handed tennis player, born yeah, in Mallorca. I'll, I'll read the yeah. poem again. This left-handed tennis legend, legend. is beatable on clay. Change one letter for a word related to birth. Okay. Give it, honey. Well, then let let Vicky. Oh. Um, you know, she was saying nuns for fun or something. So yeah. So you, they didn't get. So born can't be it. Otherwise, they would have gotten one point. So right. um, okay. So birthday. Your birthday. A, a word related to birthday. Right. Um, Oh, uh, I think I got it now. Okay, well, go ahead and do it. Picky, no, picky, right. are, are you past? I got nothing. Go ahead. Go ahead. What do you think I mean, it is? That's Spanish. That's Spanish. Oh, Why, okay. Well, he's much older, and he's much older. Right. Oh no, so, no. What, okay. what did What did you think it was? Well, I was thinking labor. Oh, run labor with and then, yeah. Labor. Well, labor, labor. Those two were another. You really thinking really good? That's good. Really good. It's not the correct thing. We're looking for. Um, he is actually, I mean, I don't really follow tennis that much, but he's, he's one of, considered one of the greatest of all time now, uh, even though he's pretty recent. First yeah, one is yeah. Raphael, Rafi? Davis, no. I don't know. No, Rafael Nadal. Oh, Nadal. Oh, and Natal. Oh, Natal. Natal and Nadal. That's what we were looking Oh, Not in a gazillion years. <laughs> Rafi Nadal, no. That tough question. Yeah, oh, really. Okay. Okay. Jeff and Cynthia. Now this is interesting. This is this is incredible because we have <laughs> Vicky Quaggy gets this next question. If you get it right, Vicky. Yeah, right. We'll have a tie game, and and the tiebreaker sure. will mean something. Oh no no no! Here we go. And okay, here, let's do it. You're probably gonna get this. This is three three clues. Rafael Nadal and Nato. Um, three clues in the news, Vicky. I'm going to write them down. Go ahead. I know you hate them like Leslie hates these. I do hate them, but go ahead. <laughs> One day you will hate like I hate. <laughs> so here we go. These three words are related, but not directly to each other. They're related to the words you're looking for in the news, kind of. Not kind of. The words are, okay, round, hood, hood. cook. cook. Hmm. Round. Mm -hmm. Hood, like a car hood, and cook. Correct. Um, and they're related to something that happened. Um, hmm. so the debt ceiling. Um, what else happened? Oh, no, excuse me. I, I, I read it wrong. I read okay. it Excuse me. What is that? No, thank you. Um, it's round, hood, cock. Oh. I read it wrong. That's what she said. Um, uh, cock. Cock. Can I give a clue? Not yet, not yet. It's because this is big. If Vicky gets this, it's a tie game. Okay. So cock. Um... 
Um, Say it again slowly. Sure. The, the three words are. I'm shuttlecock. No, I got it. Round hood cock. I'm thinking shuttlecock, but you know, there's I can't think shuttle hood, round shuttle. It doesn't doesn't seem right. Um, uh, what else would go with cock? Um, um, and hood, our hood. Round tree, um, round of golf. Um, um, hmm, hood, hood. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about, and I don't want to spend too much time. Um, don't overthink it. Don't, don't overthink, overthink it. it. That's always the trick. It's not to overthink it. Um, <laughs> um, I can see Jeff and Cynthia thinking something unbelievably filthy. Um, mm -hmm. It is not. It's because now it's 150 degrees there. <laughs> okay. Send your cousin some electrolytes. Give him some Red Bull or some Pedialyte. <laughs> I'm going to say table for no reason. Round table. I don't know. Cock, table, cock. I don't know. Maybe that's something. I have no idea. Hood, table, table. Hood. I don't know. You want to take another moment? Because uh, this is the game right here. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh believe me. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If she if she passes, okay. so do you want to go with? Um, okay, it's not round table. Hold on, round. You should know this. Think of think of being a teacher. <laughs> round class. Um. Uh, round. Um. Assignment. Round assignment. Um, round. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Games yeah. children play. Round merry go round, but um, merry hood. That's a merry cock you got there. Um, uh, games children play. Uh, uh, ring around the rosy. Um, I can't wait to hear what Jeff and Cynthia thought the word was when it wasn't a word. Hold on. That's right. Games they play baseball, track, soccer. Did you say soccer, Mom? They did play soccer. Games kids play in school. You know, I'm thinking. Thinking clearly we were not the same kids. When I was in school, there were very few games, if any, for girls. Oh, wow. all, the games, all the games were for boys. There was oh. no. The boys had everything. They had baseball. They had they had they had uh, volleyball. Well, until I got to high school, then I played volleyball. But in grade school, not a single game. We had Girl Scouts. We had stuff like that. The girls were we had nothing. 
used to double dutch with the nuns. I think mine was co-ed even in elementary school. I think we all <laughs> did the same sports. You played the guilt game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the girls, we had Girl Scouts. That was it. So listen, um, so Vicky, I'm going to need a, an answer though. I need a... Um, Tennis. <laughs> Which means nothing. These things are either you get them or oh, you, you don't. Know. It's yeah. either that's it. I often don't get them. Okay, that's it. I don't know. Yeah, all right, so we got to pass on that. Nunsforfun.com for tickets to see Vicky's shows. So, Jeff and Cynthia, first of all, I got to hear what, what word you thought it or hoped it was. Oh, there they go again. All right, let's let's hear it, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm always thinking of like facact, but you know, facact. Uh, Okay, that doesn't go with round. No. Um, I'll give a big clue. Okay, um, what's the yeah, big clue? I want anyway. So. Okay, want to hear the two? Tweet, tweet, tweet. Bird. Tweet, tweet. That's tweet. a good clue. That's a very good tweet, clue. Tweet, tweet, tweet. It's the rhythm of the tweeting too. Tweet, tweet, tweet. I feel like dancing. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Tweet. tweet and believe it or not, that's a really good clue. Yeah. Tweet, tweet. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, stop. Dance. Tweet, I can't think. <laughs> Boy, I feel very red today. I'm feeling red. Blue bird. Red bird. Round bird. <laughs> what is a red bird? Tweet, tweet, tweet. Rock and robin. What? Rock and robin. Rock and round the clock. That was uh, You got robin. it. Robin. 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 Round robin. Robin, robin hood. hood. Right. Robin, no robin. robin hood. I don't know what robin's it is. It is robin. Round robin. Yeah. Cock Robin. Round Robin. Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Bill Cock Robin. Is is like a, another parent. You've never heard of that one? I I didn't. Oh, What's yeah. Cock Robin? What is that? Not something it would come to me, but I've heard. A yeah. third question in question. Look at uh, this. And anyway, the reason for the word Robin was that uh, this past I, I probably Leslie or David would have gotten this one because set designer, Broadway set designer Robin Wagner passed away this past week at the oh, age of 89. Okay, everyone smile. Look at the camera and just smile. And I'm going to do a couple. Wait, hold on. We'll do one more because when I send these to Dave. Hold on, hold on. Ah, one more. Excellent. Okay. Now we have we have just a couple more minutes. We still have a tiebreaker. That okay. we, anyway, don't forget that. So guys, um, do you have a pen and paper, Jeff and Cynthia, or your pencil or something? Uh, not handy. Hang on. Shout out. Our guest isn't logged on yet anyway, so I think we're okay. But I do want to do our tiebreaker. It is not a multiple choice. It is just a fill-in-the-blank answer. Well, what was my name? Everything okay? You, you look paper. Um, oh, no, no, no. So tiebreaker is just I'm going to read the question. You're going to write the answer. Oh, my God. How far... How far does a former teacher have to go for a pen and paper in your house? Right here. Right, we're in the living room. And, you know, <laughs> All right, so let's do this pretty quick. Great, great. Let's right. quick. I'm read the answer. The year was 1917. All right. Born today in Manhattan is this actor who was nothing to spit at when he led Broadway's Dead End Kids, then filmed them's East Side Kids and Bowery Boys. Without misspelling or mispronouncing it as he would... What was the name of this much married alcoholic and diminutive actor? Um, write it down, write it down. Don't, don't. That's right. Oh, God, I'm trying to think of the name of the dead end kids. Yeah. Just a little, my mother was friends with them when they would come to Chicago and perform 
she would, in fact, she had, we have an autograph book that someone has where they all signed it um, because uh, they, you know, they used to just come and um, perform on stage. You know, uh, they would do, oh, man, yeah. they, would play their, they would play their shorts and then they would come and play on. Uh, and the shorts and their straw hats, which was kind of interesting. But and, uh, uh, and my mother would hang out with them. Uh, so we had an autograph book that had all their names. Well, this name might be in there. It might be. I mean, I, I I know a lot of their names, but I just I picked one. All right, um, guys. Cynthia and Jeff, do you have an answer? Because yeah. we're coming up on time. Yeah, so, yeah. One more time. The year was 1917. Born today in Manhattan as this actor was nothing to spit at when he led Broadway's Dead End Kids, then filmed them as East Side Kids and the Bowery Boys without misspelling or mispronouncing his name as he would, that character would. What was the name of this much married, alcoholic, and diminutive actor? Three. Two, one, show it up. I said Leo Gorsi. And what, I can't see what you guys wrote. I can't. Leo, same thing, Leo no, Gorsi. We have a tie. Wow. We, well, Cynthia and Jeff won the game earlier. But congratulations, Cynthia and Jeff. And, and to Vicky. You did get it. was Leo Gorsi, um, whose ex wife, Kay Marvis, ended up marrying Groucho Marx. Wow. I didn't even know that. So. Guys, right. I don't mean to rush you off, but everybody no. go see Vicky's shows at the Greenhouse Theater. Buy my book. Buy my book. And your book. Push the book. I just got a royalty check. Other people have been buying it because I just got a royalty check. Yay! Close Encounters of a Chicago Kind. All right. So, and, and don't the last few days of Con in Manhattan. Con! Oh, sorry. On the musical. On the musical. Oh, that's right. Shia Porn's in there. Shia. Thurman. Yes. Tomorrow closes. Uh, Monday. And Before. Cynthia, good luck on your uh, murder mystery. Yeah. Thank you. Cynthia, just just be a good Nona. Be a good Nona. That's right. All right. I've yes. got, I got to let you guys right, go. I get the rabbi and, and Daniel Quartz friend. Give kisses. Thank you guys so much for playing in the neighborhood. We'll see you soon. Have a great one. And we got to bring Rabbi Saul Solomon into the neighborhood to talk with dancer choreographer Daniel Gwertzman. So don't go. Let me get. I forgot to get the music on. Let's get Rabbi Saul's klezmer music going like this. Yeah. Shalom, my enemies. This is our old pal, Rabbi. I feel like I'm looking in a mirror almost. Ladies and gentlemen, we have with us in the neighborhood. I am delighted and excited to talk to someone who knows how to move. 
For 25 years, Daniel Gortzman has danced first with Garth Fagan and Mark Morris, and then with his own company. Then why are you putting this on my head? Why? Why? To, well, to distinguish between two no, two ball just guys, disco what? Balls. They're disco, disco balls. Oh, the disco balls! I get this. And I had disco balls, and they itched for a week. Anyway, we are, we're talking with Daniel Gortzman. He founded Artichoke Dance, and then God damn it, amazing! I mean, <laughs> so dance company, which is called Daniel Gortzman Dance Company. He could have thought of something a little more original than that. I know, but he's also an assistant professor up in Ithaca College, and his company furthers the idea that dance should be open to everyone and. Everyone, you're going to want to go see. If you're in Ithaca, go see his show, E-Motion. It's running from now until June 4th at the Cherry Art Space. I've got jokes I can make about that, believe me. Or if you can't get there, it's all right. They're, li they're live streaming this thing. You can pay $20 and watch it at the cherry.org forward slash E slash Mike. They'll tell you. Anyway, won't you welcome and shalom to the neighborhood, Daniel Gwertzman. Shalom to you. Good Shabbos, Rabbi. It's wonderful to be here. Good Shabbos to you. It's Don't actually like my second time in shul in the last couple of weeks, what, if what we count in, today. I, what, why were you in shul the last time? Was it, it, was, uh, was it Shavuos? Why? Well, it was a really happy occasion. It was um, one of my oldest friend's son's bar mitzvah, and I was called to the Bema to lift the Torah, so that was really exciting as well. Now, do you go to shul specifically on Simchas Torah so you can dance around with a Torah? Well, I have wonderful memories of a Simchat Torah in Washington Heights with, um, I live in a very Jewish neighborhood up in, in right, I mean, New York in general, but in, in Washington Heights, and definitely um, they love to celebrate and they don't hold back. <laughs> so it was, yeah. Now I have to ask, this is a very beautiful place. Is that your, where you live? Are you in a library somewhere? I love just what a perfect little place you are. Where is that? So this study, this is my virtual study, and I've been um, known for having some wonderful backgrounds to enjoy this Zoom experience. And yeah, so it's also part of the whole virtual aspect of this show that I've been involved in and really working with technology to create these ulterior yeah. scenarios and settings. So what was that like for you? I mean, having been a dance teacher and a choreographer, a dancer for all those years, and then suddenly, Boom, March 2020. Do you feel like the bottom fell out until you discovered, oh, we can do some things on the end? I mean, what was that like for you running? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, happily, we were able to pivot very easily because the companies had a history of producing dance films for over the last decade. So we were in the studio up until just a couple of days before, you know, that bomb dropped. And we had an engagement at Bryant Park in the city that was supposed to happen called Fantasyland. And so we turned that lemon into lemonade and made the Fantasyland project, which was a for the screen, a for the film medium project with 16 dancers in 16 different locations. Nobody in their living room. I thought we don't need to see anybody else in their living room and see all, you know, so everybody went out to an exterior location and it was all done remotely and was an exciting project. So I appreciate the question so much, certainly because many were so deeply affected. We were one of the first companies to come back together and work in August of 2020. We had a residency with a dozen dancers. We were working upstate, safely distanced, creating film work outside, wearing masks, getting tested, and we had no, no hitch. It really worked beautifully, and we were able, again, to just capitalize on some of this film work that we've been able to work on. 
That is fair. I mean, I do wonder, like, you know, even back in the early day, when you're trying to do Zoom and things, you've got 16 dancers or whatever, all in their little window. How, but how does the choreography work where there's no delay? Is there just some sort of program you put into the computer that syncs the music so they're all hearing and dancing to it at the same second? So the rehearsal process was all done individually where I would Zoom with one of the 16, 15 dancers. I was in that project as well as a performer. And we storyboarded. First, it started with finding a location. And these dancers were, were all over the, the Northeast. And not everybody was in New York at that moment. And so they were responsible for finding a place that could feed a fantasy, that could feed this metaphoric scenario. And then I would, they would send pictures and videos. And then we would meet and we would have a choreographic collaborative process. They would go back to what was also unique about this project was each of the performers were responsible, each one was responsible for having that filmed as well, which means finding somebody that could do it, which wasn't the easiest thing during the pandemic, or setting it up with a tripod themselves if they had, being creative. And then I would, um, you know, see that footage and sometimes there were second takes or third takes. So after all that was done, it was edited together with the music as a film. It wasn't that it was a, a live experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that, so that you know, it was easy to become tired of the zoom squares or rectangles and you know trying to elevate that and bring something immediate to folks now tell us about emotion which yeah. is i mean it's it's going to be live on stage and you're just filming yeah. in the watch but what is the, the idea of emotion sure and also that it's live for those watching too with without compromise in your introduction you mentioned that but it's been designed for the TV screen. So oh. there are multiple cameras and it's being edited in real time. So there's a live stream team that like, you know, at a sporting event is calling which camera next, this angle, push in, zoom out, overhead, blah, blah. So it's very immediate, up close and personal without compromise. Um, Emotion is a collaboration with a playwright, Saviana Stanescu. She's a Romanian born playwright of note. And we've both independently been musing on technology and the concerns and certainly now with the exponential boom of chat GPT and all of all of that's in the news every moment. Um, it exacerbated this long standing concern and curiosity. It's a narrative. There's a script which is new for the company in our 25 years of performing where there is a through line with consistent characters and that is being heard through voiceover that was recorded by actors and we are dancing in this dance theater hybrid that is between a neuroscientist and her artificially intelligent creature named h which i portray oh my gosh you're right i didn't even realize you were in it you're your h the the thing <laughs> does h have a personality or is it or or because chat the whole thing of chat gpt and ai is now they're having wit and personality and humor and patience. Yeah. So are you just, uh, or? It's funny that you say they're having it, right? They're having it because we, the humans are designing it so that they will have it. But, you know, as, um, we are definitely anthropomorphizing H in this, you know, because it's set a bit now and into the future where um, the biggest fear and concern and also desire is for sentience to come to AI to have you know, a sense of consciousness. Again, I, I say that it's a fear and a desire because um, the capitalistic race to be the first is of course propelling this and couching these 
machines to be companions, to be, you know, service instructors, to be babysitters, you know, what, whatever it is. Next part, there's just saying, just saying. <laughs> well, right. I mean, we read these crazy stories, Rabbi, of people that are, you know, choosing to shack up with a, a robot. I mean, like tuning out the world and tuning into to this, uh, you know, animated pet of sorts that can just give them the affirmation that they want and and be it. So, but you know, that that's more the exception, of course, and there's something that we could find just humorously curious about, but the larger grave concerns are such that um, we don't know, you know, how this could cause grave um, systemic disruption to life as we know it or worse. And so the piece is not shying away from these ethical questions. This is a dance work. It is a very dense dance work. I'm thrilled I just finished a fourth performance last night with another one tonight and final show tomorrow. It's an extended duet with a beautiful dancer, Sarah Hillman, who's a member of Daniel Gortzman Dance Company. And the music is um, a commemoration. Wait, isn't everyone part of the dance company? Aren't they all? Whoever's in the show, aren't they all Daniel Gortzman Dance? Unless you have a yeah. guest. Yeah. Yes, yes, and this piece is a duet, so it's a bit character different of, um, you know, some of our other repertory works, which involve many dancers. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that the music, which is from a dear collaborator named Jeff Story, who lived in Philadelphia and also worked for the Philadelphia Dance Company for years and years, i.e. decades, and was the long-standing 20-plus-year collaborator, passed unexpectedly last April. And using all of his music from his archives, some that never been heard before, some that are uh, extracted from previous works that we collaborated on, well, that's the sound score for the, the whole piece. And it's a real range. Uh, the Ithaca Times reviewed it as ranging from propulsive to electronic and, and mentioned WC and Philip Glass in the review of his work, which is just so heartening that his art can live on, which, of course, is is a hope as an artist, you know, or, or, or I should say somebody in any discipline that one's, one's work has that chance to breathe and live. Now, now let me ask you one other thing. I always loved the name, the early name, the, when you had the first company called Artichoke. I'm always, first of all, why did you name the dance company Artichoke? And then why no longer Artichoke? Why has it been Daniel Gortzman dance for 20 years? Thank you for bringing that up. Artichoke continues and is alive and well, and at this point must have a, a beautiful harvest in uh, store for the summer months into the fall. Artichoke Dance Company was started in 1995 by myself and two colleagues of mine from the University of Michigan, Amy Drum and Lynn Newman. And we formed it as a repertory company with artichoke as its name precisely for its metaphoric value. It's something that had a lot of different textures and layers, but was held together by a sweet heart which was the heart of our friendship. We graduated together. We were young artists. We were new on the scene in New York. And we developed a company which was not common at that time. The whole ecosystem of dance funding was shifting. The NEA was no longer providing the same kind of support that we had in the 70s into the 80s. And companies were disbanding. And yes, I had danced with Garth and Mark Morris, as you mentioned. And then um, I was also interested in continuing to um, to choreograph alongside of performing. And at that time, when we formed the company, it just was not common to have a new company or independent choreographers even producing work the way that it's it's ubiquitous and has been for a long time now. So that very first concert was reviewed in both the New York Times and the Village Voice. Um, 
under the headline and the voice, the next generation young companies with strange names. And we were a repertory company. I was making work, the other artistic directors were making work that were very different. My work tending to be more pure dance and abstract. Amy Drum's work more comedic, Lynn Newman's more acrobatic. And so they were very different textures, but again, there was that friendship that held it together. I left Artichoke in 1998-99 to form Daniel Gortzman Dance Company, um, maintained a wonderful relationship. We were brought back for 20th anniversary season and reprised a collaborative, some of the collaborative work we did. Um, and that was a real excitement. Artichoke has a commitment to the environment and has long done a lot, both with social justice and um, environmentally friendly and important advocacy work. So, you know, I'm proud that that company continues to flourish with a, a lot of work being done currently. So, Thank what you. do you do with Daniel Gortzman? Is it still, because what you're working on e-commerce, uh, I'm sorry, emotion, does not sound particularly abstract if you've got a script. Yeah. Is most of your other work with your company abstract-ish or have you broadened or, you know, what, what do you think of a dance? What are you thinking of these days? Well, I so love that because abstract in a way that's highly accessible and allows a viewer way in. The mission of this company from the beginning is that everyone can dance. And that doesn't mean everyone has to physically be a dancer. It means that everybody can understand and appreciate dance and be educated about it to feel comfortable with your opinion. So a lot of times in concert dance, somebody's not sure what they're seeing, oh, I'm missing it, or I'm not equipped to speak about it, you know, could be a common refrain. I like to turn that on its end and put the onus on the choreographer. You know, in the medium of dance, if something is not being clear, then let's put the burden on the maker, not on the viewer, and that you can trust your opinion. It's okay to let your mind wander. It's okay to not like something. It's okay to be bored. But hopefully you are engaged and there's something. You know, Rabbi, I think about when we go to the symphony and we're, we're in a concert hall listening to music, we're not, we're not thinking, oh my gosh, why that chord right now? Why that? I mean, we might be, and certainly if we've studied music, we have a different way into that but we let it wash over us. Or when we're at the art museum, we don't spend time in front of every single work of art. Some galleries we just breeze through, and then all of a sudden we might stand somewhere for 15 minutes. So it's the same in dance, but it's not considered good behavior to get up and leave the theater. Although, you know, folks historically have done that. Um, oh, wait, let me stop you right there, because that gets sure. questions in all your years, so many years as a choreographer and also as a performer, what are some of the worst or funniest things, you know, because things happen uh, that you've witnessed either in the audience or on stage, you know, what, what nightmare moments or hilarious moments have occurred? Oh, gosh, well, I'll have to pause and think about something that really stands out. I mean, even just a program falling onto a stage last night, for example, um, but, you know, I sort of peripherally see it and then I next I know that it's not there somebody reached for it and grabbed it um you know in terms of nightmarish um I mean that's a, a pretty strong <laughs> well I mean you know, question yeah but you know like what, what I memorable I, I, I would say something that that stands out because it's summer perhaps is the company had a performance in Beacon New York which is outside of the city and we were at a wonderful wooded area with an outdoor performance inside a beautiful barn theater. And this was a this is a piece that you actually referenced in some of your promotional materials, a piece called Puzzle. And uh, 
a classic work of the companies for three dancers that are, as Jack Anderson wrote in the New York Times at the time, you know, creating a puzzle through our bodies, something like that he wrote. So we're very entwined. And as we were in these sculptural forms on the ground, we could see steam literally rising from our bodies. It was so cool. No, it was a, it was a wonderful experience. Well, it, was it was hot, but it was cool and cool. Yeah, yeah. Well. I mean, you know, he doesn't really phase um, dancers, I don't think, but it was just that there was something kind of mystical and out of the ordinary about it. Um, oh gosh, I mean, there've been, every performance has a memory. Um, and, you know, I, I'd have to think more without talking to really reflect on like the highs and lows of that. Nothing immediately comes to mind. But just to finish that point, you know, to empower audiences. So abstraction and dance with a script and emotion allows an audience to see how meaning can come to the words, how we can take words and, and translate them into movement and through repetition and through the story, it's a really inviting way, wholly accessible. So while I did mention abstract at the time of Artichoke, uh, since Daniel Gortzman Dance Company has been formed, there's been a real interest to take care of our audiences, you know, and to really understand that, you know, there's an opportunity and it's okay to, to not like something, but first to just trust your opinion, you're having one anyway. And to allow associations to happen when we listen to music and we look at visual art, we think about other things. We want to think about other things. The same is, is totally kosher in dance as well. Oh, I love that word, kosher and dance. It is kosher and dance. By the way, I want to uh, remind people, first of all, that it's e-motion and it is happening, first of all, live and in person at the Cherry Arts Theater or Art Space at 102 Cherry Street in Ithaca. If you can't get there, you know, if you're watching from New York City or Colorado or Israel, hopefully Israel. Remember, yes, hopefully my cousins are tuning in from Jerusalem. See, see, isn't that wonderful? They can pay 20 bucks American and go to thecherry.org, thecherry.org. It's right there on the main page, yeah. And, and, and watch it, and watch it live, which is a wonderful. Let me ask you though, do you remember, you probably do, the first time that you went to see, and, and it made an impression on you, a dance performance, as opposed to going to a Broadway show and seeing we can talk about that too. But what was the first dance performance that you went to see? So my parents wanted me to see the Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater perform at Art Park, which is in Lewiston, New York. And they had seen revelations. And my mom talked about Judith Jamison, as, as most people did, who were struck by the towering presence that she was in the Ailey Company. And I was so moved by the performance. I was 12 years old. I think. And I became ill that night coming back in the car, just, just emotionally. I mean, I was, it was just, my mother loves to tell the story. Um, I think I was just so worked up emotionally from the extreme um, excitement of this performance, which of course is a masterwork. So Alvin Ailey's Revelations is one of the seminal dances period of this or any time and has been seen arguably by more people, you know, than any other dance. So being able to see this, which captures the African-American experience and was um, a really seminal work from the time it it premiered, um, 1960. So yeah, that that was, that's a very memorable performance. And I had 
just started studying modern dance at that time, but I had been dancing since birth and I had been dancing folk dance, specifically Israeli folk dancing through my temple, thanks to a wonderful mentor who's written into the history books, Molly Schaefer Rutzen. Um, you could check her out in the Encyclopedia of Great American Jewish Women. And she was teaching and it was required for everybody in Hebrew school at that time. But then once I, you know, had the bar mitzvah and elected to continue to go to Hebrew high school, and I was with this troupe from kindergarten through my senior year of high school, we performed, we performed at town hall in New York and would travel to other cities upstate and host festivals. And so that love of dance was fueled and informed by folk dance from an early age, which informs now and has for decades, the pedagogy, um, and the yeah. practice of my work. I mean, the, the producer of this program, Dave, he, he remembers he was in Jewish elementary school and you had, it was, dance was a required thing. But all it was basically just go around in a cycle, hold hand, go in a cycle, go like this, go like this, make believe you're, you're ironing things because we're doing something about the ILGWU. It was just like, you know, but it wasn't, it wasn't dance as we think of it. It was, as you said, folk dance. So it's, it's, you kind of moved away from that a little bit, at least. Well, I, I would say not at all. I would argue the opposite with respect. It's a continuum. Movement is movement. You can call it what you want. But at the end of the day, there's only a few choices as a human. Um, if you're able bodied and able to stand, then you could stand on two legs on one leg or on no legs. You could be in the air or if you're seated. Um, you know, in a chair, in a wheelchair, um, you know, there's there's various, but it's all movement and there's really only, you know, limited possibilities. As a choreographer, you're, you're exploring the infinite possibilities within those parameters. Um, folk dance is pedestrian steps that anybody can do. And that's very characteristic of my work, which has a real pedestrian um, foundation. And it's complexity comes through manipulating speed and rhythmic complexity and changes of direction and quick shifts of weight, but all of that shifting of weight and groundedness, which is really central to modern dance, that earthiness, that um, opposition to um, being airborne like ballet and that verticality and elevation, modern dance is the opposite. It's rooted into the earth and the ground. Um, and of course it's shared with many other forms all over the world. Uh, so, you know, I would say that I haven't moved away from it. My, my teaching, um, which is pre-professional through professional and the general community, creating multi-generational interactive community events where everybody can, can join. And I teach these folk dances and social dances. And, um, you know, they, they really are um, available to us. We walk mostly if we're, if we're uh, fortunate to be able to walk, we, you know, are taking steps. And then if you just make it faster, it becomes a run. And if you change directions, you might say, you know, now it's dance, but I, I see that all as a continuum. So is that more M Morris or Fagan or you? I mean, what, who was it? It's Mark. So, well, that it's, again, it comes from my folk dancing. Now, Mark Morris had a folk dance background and he was folk dancing internationally from the time he was young and, and that informed his work. And so that communal human, humanistic element was certainly um, there in Mark's work. Whereas Garth has had a, Garth similarly community, um, Garth started his company in 1970 as the bottom of the bucket, but dot 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 dance theater he had a vision um and he had a specific vision of the kind of dancer that would uh, interpret his work and rather than work with trained dancers he was incorporating untrained dancers and and formed this troupe that lost its bottom of the bucket but within its first decade they were already internationally on the map 
I'm bringing Garth up because I think there's a shared humanistic sensibility. It's certainly an African concept to dance uh, for community. And Garth, um, coming from Jamaica and the Afro-Caribbean influences in that work and in the structuring of that company, you know, was also a very large influence for me as a dancer in that company where you're dancing as part of a community and you're dancing from the inside out. And so that was shared. The difference is that Garth's work is highly stylized and a more specific stylization and technique. Mark Morris did not develop a technique. Mark Morris's Mark Morris Dance Group's company class is a ballet class typically taught by Mark, whereas Garth developed a technique, the Fagan technique. And so there was a different in terms of the realization. But I think from both um, a sense of um, what it is to dance with others, which again harkens back to, to folk dancing, the circle you described, the great joy of dancing with somebody in a circle. Now, as an artistic direct choreographer and a teacher, as I do you find that it's been helpful that you've got these TV shows like So You Think You Can Dance and these ballroom dance competitions? Do you think that they've been helpful or do they instill some bad habits in students? Like when, when kids watch the voice things and they go, everybody's belting now and everybody's doing the melisma and all that crap. So <laughs> has it helped dancers? Certainly it's probably made more people interested in dance, quite honestly. But, you know, yeah. what, what, what has been the effect of all these TV shows? Yeah, the rising tide has lifted all boats. I absolutely believe that it has been a, a kind of new renaissance. Like if you think back to um, where dance was more part of popular culture, say in the 50s and the 60s, people doing the twist. I mean, listen, you could go back to the Charleston. To, dance has always been a part of popular culture. But where you had, you know, um, TV shows, American Bandstand or whatnot, where people were socially dancing, you know, you had... Um, now more people are tuning in and, and watching dance like even TikTok. so yes so you think you can dance dancing with the stars all of this elevates dance it it, it promotes it there's more exposure and with youtube and videos people are learning themselves you know they can watch it over and over and, and self um taught dances so i i think from the viewer experience i i don't see this high low art divide at all i've been on record um dance usa asked me to write an essay about that in 2008 that was called fan the flames that was just about this very question in terms of for the dancer i mean um habits will form certainly i think um it's a corollary to being in the room with a live instructor, you know, hopefully not an AI dance instructor yet, but 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 working with somebody, you know, and taking dance classes, but I, I don't see really any negative side at all. I think it's exciting that, you know, dance can be seen by more. And then I think it also ups the ante so that where there may be more stock choreography or, or um, things that we've seen before, as viewers become more informed, they start to become more discriminating and start to value innovation more and and recognize, you know, oh, I've seen this, but this is new and, and I like seeing something new. And so it also expands uh, future dance makers and artists that way. Now, speaking of the future, I know you know, me, I'm all gray and a beard, a little bit of black. You're, you're still the black beard. You got a little gray happening. So the life of a dancer, you know, by, by 35, you're ancient. So how did you see yourself? How long Dan sings? Since you know you're starring in emotion there. So how yeah. much more at some point do you step away? I'm just a girl, or you come on in roles that aren't so particularly demanding. 
I thanks for this question because it's really personally meaningful as a dancer to be able to dance for over an hour in this production, you know, on stage the whole time and really um, be quelling in the experience as a dancer, like just to be so grateful to be able to be doing this. A lot of wonderful role models and mentors. I mean, Merce Cunningham continued to dance into his 80s and he would insert himself himself into his pieces and do a solo, whether standing or on a, in a chair. And that excited audiences, you know, for sure. Martha Graham continued to dance well into her 60s. She and Rudolf Nureyev. Now, Graham and Nureyev didn't quite honor, we could say, the time when they should have stepped down. It was hard for them um, to accept aging as a dancer and to get away from that. So by the time Nureyev returned to Russia for the first time after defecting, the audiences that had been waiting for decades to see him do some of the ballet work was, you know, critically speaking, past some of the prime. And at the same time, the audiences were were by and large thrilled to get to see him. Um, so uh, that's more of a historic um, response to your question. Uh, just going back to Garth Fagan's company, Steve Humphrey, I'd love to shout out, has been a member of the company since 1970 and still performs with the company. And yes, um, he joined as a, as a kid. <laughs> no, he joined as a young adult. And so dancing into 60s and 70s is, is commonplace now. And I mean, it's not that every dancer will, but you have to be lucky enough to not sustain an injury that could shorten a career. And I have colleagues for whom that has affected. So, you know, that's why I say, I don't take that for granted. It's a great joy to wake up in the morning, get out of bed, swing my legs off the side of the bed and be able to then go to the studio and dance. I dance with um, the memory of my father who passed two years ago and other dear family and friends whose whose life um, just gives me courage to an encouragement to just continue to push myself and challenge myself as a dancer. Well, we are pushed and challenged by the, the wonderful Daniel Gortzman. I got one more question for you, but at first we're gonna push your show it's emotion we'll remind you it's running through june 4th at well um, it's, it's tomorrow I, I i keep saying tonight and tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah. yeah at the cherry art space in ithaca new york or if you can't physically get there go watch it it's on a live stream at the cherry.org the cherry.org and there's a forward slash e hyphen motion or just go to the cherry.org there'll, there'll be a link right there where you can look at that you also want to see um, his website, it's quartzmandance.org, and there's clips from, from, from YouTube of all these other dances that you've been doing and we've been talking about over the years. So you can get a sense of what Daniel Gortzman does or, or leading up to his newest e I keep wanting to say e-commerce. I'm so sorry. It, it's That's e okay. You know what? The dance nonprofit world needs more e-commerce. So venture capitalists that are listening, you know, let's marry e-commerce to e-motion and, and make it available for free for everybody and broadcast it around the world. Um, but the last thing I'd just like to say is in addition to the GwertzmanDance.org, during the pandemic, the Rockefeller Brothers Fund helped provide leadership support for an initiative that we created a new website. It's called dancewithus.org. And I invite everybody to come to that. It's to demystify the concert dance experience, things we've been talking about in the spirit of making dance accessible and understood. There's a wealth of information there. It's a real trove of videos. It's all free. And it's dancewithus.org.
dancewithus.org. I'm not going to let you go because, of course, we've talked so much about dance, but we've never even gotten personal. I'm so sorry that you lost your your, your uh, papa to you. Was it COVID or just he just was something My else? father had Parkinson's and he, he lived with it with grace as long as he could. And he had tremendous support from his family and huge circle of friends. My father was a real mensch. He loved to dance. He was the boy everybody wanted as their date because he studied tap as a kid. Everybody wanted him to be their date, you know, in high school and college. He graduated with a business degree and moved to New York, got an advertising job, loved musical theater, saw Barbara Streisand in her debut performance and I Can Get It For You Wholesale on Broadway, saw Lucille Ball and Wildcat. And then like, it's a wonderful life, the Jimmy Stewart story. My grandfather was ill. My what father you, left his job in New York City, came to Rochester to help out and met my mom and never moved, so. And your mom is okay? How's she doing? She came to see the show in Ithaca last weekend and it's, it was a re- along with some other family so, and a lot of friends, so yeah. And, and on the personal side, are you, is there a person in your life, are you dating, are you partnered? What's your, your situation, if you will? So this summer marks a 10th anniversary and my husband Stephanos Milkidis is from Greece and I have Greek family. We had a big fat Greek Jewish wedding <laughs> uh, we had in Rochester 10 years ago. There was a lot of, it was held where the International Jazz Festival is held, which used to be a Jewish community center in Rochester downtown in the 1930s, a beautiful ballroom and the company performed throughout the evening and we had a lot, we did Greek dancing, we did horror of course. And yeah, so I'm happy to share that. Well, I am horroring in my mind. <laughs> Not the way you put it, but what a joy to be here with Daniel Gortzman. Dancewithus.com or org. Dot org. Yeah, dot org. Dancewithus.org. Dance with Daniel Gortzman. Go see his show, Emotion, also. And I am emotional talking to you and seeing you. I thank you so much for being in the neighborhood with us. And shalom to you. Thank you so much. Shalom. Shalom. Oh my goodness, Daniel Gordsman, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, what a delight. So, yes, I, I feel like that. I'm going to do a little bit of, uh, see, he says anybody can dance. I can, but I can do this. Look at this. It's actually better if I do it with music. Hold on, because I'm going to dance off and then bring back Dave to do more of the Dave's Gone By program. So let's, let's try this one. Hold on. Yeah. Hey. Sexy dancing. Look at this. Oh, yeah. Huh. Huh. Oh, I'll do a leg. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> I would pick up the foot that has the hole in the side. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, Dave is coming. Don't go away. It is a little bit after 11 o'clock in the morning. I can't believe, you know, it's going to make it seem like um, I wear old raggy clothing, but really it's just... Not you. Well, that, that, well like I, I hand laid down to, to Rabbi Saul. Uh, don't, don't most religious people take some vow of like poverty or 
for chastity or something? I don't know about ch chastity or poverty. Well, come to think of it. Doesn't but, he take a vow of poverty? But, you know, it's the thing about socks. They do this. When, when I buy, or when I buy socks and I hand them down to the rabbi. Or when I buy socks for you. Yeah. You, you ever notice? They, they, I don't know why they do this. They're, they're put together. They're not just in a bag. And they're not just wrapped in like cardboard or stuff. But they put like this little plastic wire through them that sort of holds them together. And if you're too lazy to, to go get a scissor or something, or if you do get a scissor and you cut wrong, you end up like tugging and pulling because it's, it's this tiny little plastic strand and it's got little like T-shapes on the end of it, right? So you, you want to, and you figure it's very thin wire. So you pull them apart, right? But sometimes when you pull them apart, it's, it's already going to take like a little bit of a divot into the sock itself. And now you've got a brand new sock and it's already just got a slight little whatever. And then it just grows and it turns into a hole. Why do they do this? What is the purpose? What is the purpose of holding in a bag? I think it's anti sock You know, because there's a lot of sock crime. Is there? Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. I mean, I can understand if there was financial crime from, you know, sock brokers. <laughs> well, you know what they said, the caper is a foot. <laughs> anyway, I'm Dave Lefkowitz. Are you just pulling my leg? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's my darling and adorable wife, Joyce. I'm Dave Lefkowitz. You're watching the... How did the interview go with the rabbi and the... Oh, he was delightful. I heard a lot of laughing. He was, yeah, he was He was very lively and very fun. And, uh, and he teached the rabbi any moves. I saw him, the rabbi putting a leg on No, no. He, he says, he says everybody can dance. Did he discourage the rabbi? <laughs> rabbi kind of discouraged himself. It was kind of like, you know, you don't want to see me or Rabbi Saul Solomon do any kind of dancing. It's just not a good look. And I mean, by dancing, I mean even doing me doing this. Mm, just, true. just not, not. See, already it's uncoordinated. I, I manage it for like, do, 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 no, no, I can move. I can move with some level of grace. You took a class on dancing, didn't you? Oh, it was horrible. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I was, it was, it was embarrassingly bad. Is anybody good at it? Well, yeah, no, a lot of my classmates, this was, this was back in um, when I was getting my master's, yeah. So, um, yeah, we had to take about, remember, these were all-day classes because it was all compressed. So about three to five days of dance, dance history, how to teach dance for in terms of musical theater, if you're teaching theater kids, dance. So we're not, we're not talking about trying to be Martha friggin' Graham or Bob Fosse. It was just along the lines of understanding dance as a movement that was, um, and speaking of movements. <laughs> well, I still don't understand why the Shoops moved to Arizona. What do you mean? It's, you get, well, New York is a shithole. What do you mean? It's so hot, they have like a fake lawn. Like, why did they? I don't know. They seem to be enjoying it. And when you get to a certain age, mm -hmm. weirdly enough, 70 degrees is freezing. David, I don't think for us. Well, not yet. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I've gotten to the point where I used to like it at like 66, 67, nice and bracing. And now I'm like 67 degrees. I'm like blowing on my knuckles. And then I'm like, I'm, I'm over the, over the um, summer now, mm -hmm. you know, I'm keeping the house at like 70. 
instead of 68 or something or, or over the winter, I get chilly sometimes, uh, either upstairs or downstairs in the house, much quicker than I did when I was in my 20s. And when I would make fun of my grandmother, yeah, just, just wrap that up. Um, I can do what I want. You're not the boss of me. You're not the boss of me. Um, I got to stick it in this folder. That's what she said. Um, no, but we, we won't, you know, I look at Grandma Lucy and we all be like, Grandma, it's 73 degrees in here with Schwitzing. She's like, I'm cold, I'm cold. And her skin was like cray paper. But she was part lizard. <laughs> Which is why you get these old people in Florida. And when it's 75 degrees, they love no, but it. But I want to know why the shoes chose Arizona compared to other states. I don't know. Maybe real estate there was good. I don't know if they have other family. I could have asked. I, I didn't uh, didn't think of it. They seem happy. They've got a, if they, they're fishing, they've got a giant pool in their backyard. I guess that beats, certainly beats swimming in the Atlantic Ocean and getting like a needle in your ass and, and, and shells in your feet, you know, and then and toxins. It's a beautiful song. I loved it. Which one? Needle in your ass, shells in your feet. <laughs> needle in your ass. Actually, there was an Alan Gainsbury poem. <laughs> ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen. I think Leslie didn't show up because she doesn't want him to give up the crown. Oh, I wonder. You know, we mailed her the the trivia crown a couple I of weeks ago. I think she wants to keep it, so she's kind of mm. I wonder. Well, no, because to be fair, I asked her for most of the week, I said that we were going to do the quiz late in the show, later than usual. Um, but then we had to do a couple of switching things around, and, you know, I emailed her yesterday, you know, last night, and I said, hey, Leslie, can you, you know, kind of urgently need to move the quiz earlier? And she's like, I don't know. I, 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 she was like, I'm half joking. I don't know if, I, if it's worth it. So I'm like, you know, uh, what did she say? She said, I'll renounce the crown and send it back. I already signed it. But you can cut my name out or paste some paper jewels. Oh. Uh, yeah, because cause it's... Um, she slept her a pill alarm. Uh-oh. Oh, that's not good. What should I tell Well, it depends crown? on the pill she was taking. Make, make, make keep it the secret. crown? Um, you keep the crown until it's, it's, it's time. It's, 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 it's no big deal. Otherwise, she'll have to, I have to send her the Shubes address. Actually, wait. Don't, don't send that yet. Okay. Let me decide. Maybe I'll ask the Shubes if they want the crown because they're now... Oh, the I new champions this week. Yeah. I think they will, but if you send it to Arizona, they melt. <laughs> that's true. But well, that's okay. By the way, we've been calling this episode um, The Dance Way Weaver. We Gwer. We call it Dance Weaver. Uh, I wanted to get Gwer for Gwertzman in there, which I think works. So, did he like that? Well, the, the interview went great. I thought it went. Oh, uh, did he like the title? Oh, I don't know if he knows it. I don't know if he... Oh. Well, he saw the promotional material, so he, he might have. He didn't, have, he didn't object. You know? So uh, I didn't make fun of Gwertz, which uh, like love Gwertz or, you know... Like, oh, that's cute. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I like that. Love Gwertz. No, that's... Anyway. What we, we have our Colorado Limerick of the Dam coming up. Didn't you tell me there are no more... Um... What? You're telling this. But there are no more uh, old times, right? Well, we, we do. Have, we have a couple left from. What's uh, the story on that? I wish I knew. So here's the deal. We also do Greeley Crimes and Old Times, which is a mix of stories that come from the Greeley Tribune newspaper. They're real, real things. One column is phone calls that come into the local police dispatch, but they're the weird, funny, odd phone calls about stuff going on in the neighborhood. And they're compiled every week by Morgan McKenzie. 
in the Tribune. And then there's also been a column that's been in there for years called 100 Years Ago, where Mike Peters from the, the Trib looks through the newspapers back from literally 100 years ago, from 1923, and finds things that was, were published back then that when we look at them now, you know, it's cute, it's, it's old time. And, oh, they're talking about Model T Fords and you know, sheep on the streets and whatever else it was. And so they're both fun and we mix them up together every week and share them with you. So for the longest time, there were no new cop logs. Well, there were no new cop logs. I mean, it was sort of like, and I, I emailed Morgan McKenzie and she said, well, there's been a glitch in trying to get these things published from the police department and stuff. And, and it was about three months before we had new cop logs until finally they started again. And she's been on top of it and it's been great. We've got a bunch of them. However, wouldn't you know, as of a month or so ago, there have been no new 100 years ago from the Trib or from Mike Peters. So I emailed him. I haven't heard back. I emailed her yesterday just to maybe nudge him or maybe she knows, has Mike, you know, Mike is not a spring chicken. Did he retire? Or is he just taking a long break from doing his columns in the Trib? Is someone else going to take it over? Or they just decide, eh, you know, we don't need cop log anymore. I don't, I don't know. So... I'm hoping it is not the end of Coplog. I was uh, it's not the end of 100 years ago. But we will persevere. We're going to do our segment of really crimes and old times. We'll do a we still have a couple of 100 years ago, but it's mostly going to be current stuff and maybe one or two elsewheres. As a matter of fact, let's let's get that done. Let's do it right now. It's really crimes. Let me find the paper. And oh Yes, ladies and gentlemen, really crimes at all times here on this Saturday morning, June 3rd, 2023. I can't believe it's so late already in June, Bubba. Well, it's only the third day of June. I know. It's so late into the spring. We got summer coming up in like two weeks, two through three weeks. I want to write with you later, baby. Oh yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. So, but first, okay. criminality. I gotta get out the. Okay. Yes, yes, oh, you do. Oh, Here we go. Okay. Are you ready, babe? A caller. Um, oh, I don't even have the location on this. Uh -oh. I, I zapped out the location. Just say eighth and eighth. <laughs> I, I'm. It ought to be eighth and eighth because this caller. I'm flying. I'm great. I'm, I'm golden. Remember, I'm older now. No, I'm drinking hot tea. That's why. A caller. Uh, yeah, I'll have, I'll have a sip. Thank you very much. It's not hot anymore. It's now very drinkable. Thank you very much. So, hmm. I probably should have kept where this was. Hmm. Because this caller reported finding a huge pile of blood and guts. In an alleyway, which is, I guess it, we probably would want to know where that I was. I think it was probably outside the butcher shop. Actually, it was outside a grill. It, it was just it was just meat from a grill or whatever. Oh, Why you thought it was blood and guts, I don't know. But, mm. One night. <laughs> One night. Well, here's another one. A caller on 18th Street said that a man kept going into an alley behind apartments 
with scissors. He told the caller's boyfriend yeah. that he was running from the cops. And yet he told his mother he never would run with scissors. No, I, 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 I got that part. Why? I, you know, if a cop yeah. sees you and you have scissors in your hand, well, maybe, he's going to shoot I you. I believe he was doing paper mache. That could be it. Or maybe he was making the guts in the alley. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. You're related. This is why police do have a hard job, you know. <laughs> Man. A caller on 20th Street Road. Oh, it was a short road. Um, reporting a suspicious younger man wearing gloves and a mask. <laughs> Very young man. Very young man. And the young man's explanation was that he was parkouring outside of the oh, apartment complex. What parkour. is that? So parkour is where you climb surfaces. It's like when they jump from roof to roof or they climb over oh, so a wall. Gloves. Yeah. You might need gloves to grip and yeah. And a mask for he's a, COVID. He's a ninja. He's a ninja. That could be it. He's like Spider-Man yes. thing. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I've been thinking about getting one of those ninja grills. Are those ninja? Yeah, I think the, if we could afford it, the best one for you would be the egg. It's like 400 bucks mm -hmm. because it's a smoker, a grill. It's like, it's tiny. It does everything. It's like, um, remember our, in Colorado, the prior house owner, he said like, it's perfect. The size is perfect. It's like, um, let me look it up. On yeah, no, I've seen it. I've seen the egg. Yeah. It's an egg smoker. But I don't know what, why he said. Sorry. Why it was so perfect? Well, like, as you said, if it can grill and do smokehouse kind of smoker, I'm in. You know? I don't know why he. And, and by the way, I'm not for smoking. I it's just, a... It keeps lung cancer. And, you know, I hate that. East Harbor has one for like 300 mm -hmm. but they go up. Brand new big green egg. I guess they're summer name brand. I don't know why it's. Well, we can wait till summer's ending and they'll probably have big sales on them. But uh, I'm going to say, why buy it? I'm curious. I forget what he said because it was a while ago. Yeah, this was his, my God, this is 15 years ago now. Yeah. At least. It says yeah. it's more than a grill, mm -hmm. more durable, provide better heat retention. Remember, we learned that. Versatility, high temperature grill for grilling. It's mm. a roaster. You can like roast the turkey. And then it's like slow and low smoker. Mm -hmm. And then it's also an outdoor oven. Like you can make pizza on it. So oh my it, God. I think it's like one. Um, we are so getting this. And it says like it lasts a lifetime guarantee for 40 years, right? Well, I think I, I do like that. It says it lasts a lifetime. It's like if, if it blows up and kills you, it has lasted your lifetime. No, it says it will never rust, jam, or wear out. It's ceramic heat. Mm. Oh, it's ceramic. I like that. Does the outside get stay? Uh, it'd be cool if the outside stays cool. I, don't I would like that. Charcoal or gas oh. or what? Hmm. I don't know. I would probably rather use gas because I don't want to have to deal with lighting stuff on fire. That scares me. How they make works. Yeah. They have a whole website. Ooh. Ooh. The egg smoker. She's literally looking at an egg smoker um, website on there. Oh, you put charcoal. Really? Mm -hmm. It says, what? use our speedy light natural charcoal starter or electric or butane starter. Never buy lighter fluid. Ah, good. Yes. And then it says safer to use. I use the heavier fluid myself. Doesn't get as hot as a metal grill. Good. I like that. I don't understand easy cleanup. Well, we need to do more research on it. If, if, if I'm thinking about getting something like this. Mm -hmm. I think 
barbecues. I don't know it. How do you cook? What is it? Is it electric? Well, I guess it's like a grill. You open it up, you put meat on it, or veggies, or children you don't like. Oh, is it charcoal or gas? Let's see. It's not a gas propane grill. It's fueled by a natural lone charcoal. So that's so why, it's too. A, it's just charcoal. Yeah, but um, the good thing is there's no gas or electric, so it's not going to... It's going to be bad, but then you have to light the yeah, fire. You've got to get rid of the old charcoal. You've got to yeah. dump it. There's ash. I don't know. i got to think about this more. Yeah. I like my foreman. I'm an air fryer, a foreman, and a, and a slow cooker. I'm doing pretty, pretty, pretty well. It says it's 100% green. I mean, uh, oh, that's all right. You just buy a big box of charcoal. I don't think about it. Maybe. It was always a treat when mom and dad and I would go on picnic things, and, and we had a hibachi. We I mean, take this hibachi grill and, and or go to a place where they had hibachis there, and you bring, they bring charcoal and they squish on a little lighter fluid. I was scared of it, but oh, you know, yeah, just light it on fire. Too. Yeah. And it, it was a night. There is something to the taste of, it's even different from like a regular grill, of barbecuing over charcoal in a park. There's something about so, the taste of it, yeah. Weber or Weber has a Summit Kamado, which is equivalent performance of the egg, but it's half price. Mmm. I'm down with that. What is it called? Kamado? Was it Weber or Marx? That's a little comedy right there. Just a little. Yeah, anyway. The Consumer Reports has a thing. Is it worth it? Oh, well. Well, it's worth it for 100 or 200 bucks, maybe not 400 and besides, if, if you get the egg, do you have to get sperm along with it? So, that's, that's a little comedy too, my friends. Anyway, we're doing grilly crimes in all times. So let me, let, me, let me do another one. Um, a caller at Bittersweet Park said a naked woman was there bathing in public. You know, normally I don't check out these stories myself, but I'm, I may have to do some research on this one. How are you? What? In a, in a park? Is there... Yeah, she, well, there's probably... Is she probably, in a fountain or something? Is she just taking it all off? I, maybe she... I'd be awful if she was just by the water fountain, going like... Bittersweet. We worked at Bittersweet. Yeah, oh, Bittersweet we know these places. Bittersweet one. It's near... near um, it was near the supermarket and the ice cream place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's a big lake. So, oh, so maybe... You know, it's how they did it 500 years ago. You just go to a lake and... But, like, people are passing and kids and stuff. You don't want to show people you... Yeah, you don't want to... And invariably, it's not going to be a hot, like, 19-year-old girl. You don't know. Oh, uh, you... No, no. If, if this is a naked person bathing in the... Unless it's, like, you know, after a horrible, um, you know, buoy call at night. No, and I think go. probably what happened, they went to the Baskin-Robbins and they probably spilled ice cream on themselves. That could happen. How do they get ice cream, like... Happens sometimes. Happens. Maybe it's very hot, and it, like they went to Arizona, Colorado's hot, and they just melted. And but smelled. remember, she's not washing her clothes; she herself is. Yeah, baby. but maybe it also messed her. Uh, that could be. That could be. Anywho, let's let's um, do one uh, old time, just one. They never wrote you back, eh? Not yet. Well, I just got in touch with Morgan, but but Mike never uh, wrote me back. I have his email, or I believe I have his. Email, so I hope he's okay. In Missouri, the state legislature tried to pass a bill destined for the U.S. Congress, which would repeal the state laws 
and replace them with what? It's 1923, Missouri. What would they want to replace state law with? The Confederate Constitution. Great idea, but this is... No. Allen Ginsberg's poetry. <laughs> wow. No, California. <laughs> That's good, though. I like that. Uh, it's like, oh, you know, codicil number one, ass. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your ass. Yeah. So, no, uh, Ten Commandments. Uh, no, not all. What is wrong with these people? Uh, the session adjourned before the bill could be passed. Oh, well. Oh, well, Missouri. Man, this is 1923. Yeah. This is the Roaring Twenties already. This is after That's the Civil why, War. The prohibition, all the, you know, Unbelievable. Um, wow. Let's do an elsewhere okay. or two. Now, elsewhere means that even though it's really crimes in all times, there are weird, funny stories from all over the country, all over the world, and we want to share one or two of those with you, too. So these are real stories, again. Uh, this comes from Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, Oxitama wants to listen. Speaking of a song, where's, well, where, he hasn't done it yet. Where's Oxy? He wants to listen. He's oh. He wants to be educated. Look, isn't he adorable? This is this is little baby Axolotl. Axolotl, excuse me. Look how you're so sweet. That's that's really cute. We should have bought another one. Yeah, we went back to get one more because just because, and they were gone. Yeah, because people like them. They're cute and adorable. Because but it's unique. Oh, it feels so nice. Who wouldn't want a baby Axolotl? You you think you don't want any axolotls when I first I started buying anything. them. I don't want a better that than a living one we have to care for, yeah. Oh living ones are I would love to see. Wouldn't you like a little tank of axolotls? They're endangered. Not they're endangered in the wild. They're they're flourishing in the home market. That That's makes the, no sense. I know. I, I that don't makes no sense. just take them from the home tanks and throw them in the ocean and they won't be endangered anymore. I don't get it. I, I don't either. Anyway, um a sixty-four year old Kentucky man was mad that his roommate had eaten the last Hot Pocket. Yeah, Hot Pockets are very popular. Hot Pockets! So, what did he do? Shoot him. Where? In the nuts. In the ass! Oh, the nuts. <laughs> Amazing that Shoot Me in the Ass is not an Allen Ginsberg poem. Shoot Me in the Ass is, of course, a Wesley Willis song. Yeah, but wouldn't it be sad so if it wasn't the guy, I'll tell you because yeah, yeah, yeah. in the dorm, people used to take food all the time when you leave it in the fridge, you know, yeah. and then you get your own little tiny fridge. But um, it was sad. Like, I always felt like mad because, you, so first you feel angry because you want that food and you're dreaming of it and you yeah. go there and it's missing. So you understand that rage. But then I said, I feel bad if the person's so desperate for food that they took it, you know, mm. they really might need the food. You have too good a soul. Because yeah. first I'd be mad that it was missing. And then I'd be angry, and then I feel violated. I'm like, somebody took my shit. Yeah, you know, some people are like, poison the food. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, that's like a. No, that's, that's pushing. That's, that's like, yeah. yeah. And basically, only because you might forget. You might be, <laughs> have a minute, you know, wake up one o'clock in the morning, need a little snack, and you've forgotten that you've poisoned the, your own food. The worst thing with having like dorm mates was like, we had one stove in the, in the main part, and somebody mm. would always burn like pasta or leave uh, something boiling. It's like, yeah. who left or whatever? It's like, yeah, that's an accident. I mean, that happens. That's just one of those things. But you got to clean up after you. Yes. I mean, yeah. Um, but there's more to this. Oh, no. <laughs> there's more to the Hot Pocket ass-shooting story. I bet you the guy didn't even take it. Oh, um. Like, that would make me sad if you shoot somebody and they didn't take the thing. Well, this, is a, this, this, gets, this gets pretty wild. Clifton Williams became enraged. Enraged after learning the frozen snack was gone. Oh, 
So before the shooting incident, yeah. he started throwing tiles at his roommate. Wow. Well, the roommate should have known something wasn't right. Well, the roommate then tried to flee the home, but not before Williams went inside, got a gun, and shot him in the ass. Like, this is a moral story. Like, for that family or group, they need to go to Costco and get a bunch of hot Multi-hot. But the yeah. freezer has to be big enough to hold all of them. That's the issue. Do hot pockets need to be refrigerated? Yeah. What's a hot pocket? I think they do. I is think it meat? It's like a little burrito. Um, like a knish? Close to a knish, but knish with meat in it. Oh, Apparently they're really tasty. Um, okay. Jim Gaffigan got famous. And we know him for the manatee yeah, yeah. thing. But Jim Gaffigan got famous on his, his bits about Hot Pockets. I love Hot Pockets. So apparently they're delish. I want to see what it is. And there's nothing healthy in them. It, it's sort of like that a burrito. What, no, okay. what do they call it? Pupusa? Uh, Pupuseria? Uh, what is a Hot Pocket? According to Wikipedia, Hot Pockets is an American brand of... Oh, turnover. Turnovers generally containing one or more types of cheese, meat, or vegetables. Hot Pockets was founded by Chef America Inc. Hmm. Okay, so... Oh, it means saying you have a lot of money, like a Hot Pocket. Oh, that's Clavs! Oh, apparently they're very good. Oh, look, Hot Pockets at Costco. They're very good. Wow, you can get a lot of them. Yeah, well, you but don't get... take the last one. Oh, no, look. What? What? Oh, oh. There's, Joyce is showing me there's the page not found in Costco. I guess maybe there's been a run on Hot Pockets. Look, at, I did the 21, too. It's empty pockets. That's a weird. Oh, there's nothing but lint. Ham and hickory Hot Pockets. Look. Oh, ham and hickory, that sounds good. They have no Hot Pockets. But, I mean, it's just pure garbage and salt and dough. There's nothing nothing good or oh, healthy. Pepperoni pizza, yeah. ham and cheddar. Mm -hmm. They make a pizzeria one. Ham and, a lot of ham and cheddar. Meatball, marinara. You understand it's getting towards lunchtime, and you're making me unbelievably hungry now. I don't know why they... Yeah. Why are they so popular? Because it tastes yummy. Why and you, are yeah. Hot Pockets so popular? People find pleasure in different things. They release dopamine. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. When? I gotta start, start eating. Oh, they began in 1983. They were sold to restaurants because they were easier to break in than... Retail stores, then they sold them. Why are they so addictive? They say they release dopamine. I don't know why. Anything good will. Well, actually, think about it. What have I been getting from, like, moms and the other places? These samosas from the Indian place. where it's, just, it's basically a, a little turnover oh. with green sauce. So it's the Jim Gaffigan, yeah, yeah, the untold truth of Hot Pockets. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. What is the untold truth of Hot Pockets? They were, they were developed by immigrants. Weird stuff. Oh. I don't understand. Well, it makes sense. I mean, if they were doing dumplings and, and turnovers and cheap things with filling with whatever's been left over, it makes sense. Yeah. Could be chopped meat, could be little bits they of... They changed it. People are not happy with the new recipe. Oh, no! Hot Pockets drove a man to murder? Let's hear this. He, well, the, guy, the one we have just got shot in the ass. He's fine. Yeah, it says uh, a man dispatched a sister and boyfriend to get the frozen snacks, but the store was out of his pepperoni hot pockets, and they told him. Yeah. And then um, he approached the side and shot the boyfriend eight times. He said, "I just snapped." Wow. So hot pockets are involved in a lot of stuff. About I them. see this. 
Maybe the guy was aiming for the pocket. I don't know. Just, yeah. Let's see. I'm going to do this for you. Yeah. Hot pockets jingle. Here you go. Yeah. I heard it. I heard it. I don't know how to make your phone loud. Oh. It's the, huh? I still prefer the way Jim Gaffigan does it. Oh, lean pockets. Yeah, they're getting, yeah. Yeah. Lean probably still has the same amount of salt. It's just they, they oh God, scrape out some of the fat. Stop it. Stop it. It won't stop. By the way, the roommate is expected to recover. Uh, Williams was arrested and charged with assault. In fact, he was charged with uh, 1,500 milligrams of assault. What are assault. you going to do? Pick hot pockets, the meal, the hot meal in a pocket. Well, yeah. There you go. Joyce is fascinated with the hot pockets. The whole pocket. thing was Tasty Witch. Well, ew, what? Really? Like tasty, like a sandwich. Yeah. Oh, Tasty. Yeah, Hot Pockets is better. Hot Pockets is a much better name than Tasty Witch. That's a terrible name. <laughs> You gotta fire the marketing Why director is on that. A baby on the floor. I, I dropped him accidentally. So <laughs> <laughs> now you're getting with your feet. Ah. Wait, be careful because you'll pull the wires. There we go. All right, let's get let's do one or two more cop log things, okay. and then we want to talk. We haven't even talked about our, our trip yesterday, so let's um, let's get back. Save it if you want to save it for another time. Uh, no, it's, 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 do you have the ads from the, the enslaved people ads? Oh no, I can. Uh, that no, I mean. Probably in my room somewhere. I don't know where I put them. Anyway, um, la, 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 la. more criminality. Let's do one or two more crimes from really crimes and old times. For example, I really can't find the page. Um, here we go. Or wait, where, where do we? There. Thank you very much. Okay. Um, a caller at a bank. On 35th Avenue said, high school boys came in asking where the vault was, looking for gold and threatening to rob the bank. That, that almost sounds like 100 years ago, but this is new. Turns out they were just typical high school kids, so they stabbed the guy, set him on fire, and filmed it all on TikTok. Oh, yeah. There you go. A caller on 10th Street said, another man pulled out a metal pipe and threatened, threatened him after he accidentally cut him off. Kind of wonder if the caller was a moil or something like that. But, yeah, yeah. Mm. Not. And the size of the pipe. A caller near 11th Avenue reported getting chased by a man with a hammer inside a moving van. So this, this is why I teach my, my English students to be very clear in their writing yeah, and make well, sure that they're the, say, was it a van that was moving or was it a moving van? Um, or who got in what? What's the present participant? Yeah, a, a caller near 11th Avenue reported brains. chased by a man with a hammer inside a moving van. So was he being chased by this other guy who was in the Were they both in the van? No, trying to run around the van? The man with the hammer, but the man with the hammer was in a van. Man in the hammer was in the van. Okay, yeah. and was it a man that was a van that was moving, or was it a moving van? You know, you gotta. It was very confusing. I know, I know. 
Finally, a man. Don't criticize because you know why we won't get any more of them. Well, I know. I know. Sorry, yes, Morgan. Yes, yes, we Morgan. love you. We Morgan, love these. The perfect. Job. She's doing a great job, Morgan. Uh, girl. A man on 11th Avenue said a woman kept yelling at him every time she saw him. Okay, I gotta find. I don't know if it works. Let's see. No. Oh, not that no, one. No, no. Yeah. Oh. Maybe, maybe after this one then. Yeah. That's a better one. This woman kept yelling at him every time she saw him. I think they call that marriage. But you know, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. <laughs> oh. And that, my friends, those are truly crimes and all crimes. Mr. Horace Greeley was no fool. No, he was not. I'm sure that you uh -huh. agree uh -huh. with me that Greeley was no fool. What he is getting at is that Mr. Greeley was no fool. Yippee-yi, 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 Oh, my friends. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is about 20 to 12 Eastern time in the neighborhood with me, Dave Lefkowitz, my wife, Joyce. We still have our Colorado Limerick. After this, you should go out and buy some Hot Pockets. I know. I'm, I'm tempted. I'm sure they have the organic places like healthy Hot Pockets. Yes, it's basically turnovers. It's, it's, as yeah. I was saying, samosas yeah. are hot, kind of. Yeah. Are hot. I think they're more probably more like stuffy pocket things. I think they're things. bigger. Almost yeah. like, they're almost like a Pop-Tart, a Pop-Tart size, but with yeah, with you know, stuffed with meat. I'm sure they're really delish. They're just there's nothing healthy about those things. Can't be. Before we get to that and the friends of the neighborhood, um, let's take about a few, a few minutes because you know we we Joyce and I did a field trip yesterday. Yeah. She's finished teaching for the semester. I finished teaching it was for the so semester. Impressive. What, what do you mean? It was impressive. Oh well, we we said okay, let's go somewhere reasonably close, close drive. It's going to be a hot day. It was like the hottest day of the year so far. I think I said 90 degrees. It was 94. That was a high. <laughs> but it was in the morning. And we're like, hey. It went, well, in yeah. Arizona, yeah. that's the cool. In Arizona, that's <laughs> Arizona's winter. winter. Yeah. <laughs> but we get an early start. We go in the morning yeah, to a place called yeah, the Hampton Historic Site, which is fairly close to where we live in Maryland. And what is it? And, and it's like, ooh. Ooh. It's like a mansion, a stone mansion sort of area with grounds, tons of grounds, and little smaller like stone structures and a couple of wooden structures. It's just a lovely thing to look at. And then there are tours because we thought, oh, we just have to walk around them. But you get, you know, it's kind of hard to see. But that's one of those is out there, of course, and one of those is indoors. And it's an instructional kind of tour sort of thing. So we get there early enough, just in time, really, to go get tickets for the free. It's it's free. It's a, um, what do they call it? A national historic it's a federal site. Federal historic site. Yeah. Federal. Yeah. Because the Rangers said it was federal. So it's actually free to go see. Your, your tax dollars it's are amazing. Being, and yeah. a lot of people they're like running around the campus or walking their pets. It was like. Yeah. It's also like a park feel too. Yeah, you're allowed to go around the grounds. It's just if you go in, there's a tour. You know, you've got to go if. If you go into the buildings, it has to be I part don't know, of the tour. Because the couple came after us, they're like, you can do a self-guided tour. In the other building, not in the main mansion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. okay, I know. okay, I gotcha. So and they so, have an app where you can do the tour. Yeah. They kept saying. So it's just this, this beautiful 
mansion. I was going to say old, but nothing in America is that old. It was late 1700s starting and, and redone in like yeah. the 1800s. Or it was, wasn't even it was like early 18s um, when yeah, it was mostly yeah, done. From a guy who's very important around these parts. There's even a road not far from where we live called Ridgely Road. So it was this Captain Ridgely and his family made money in iron ore or made a ton of money and decided to construct well, doing stuff before iron ore what like was the, it a trade with the british they were from the uk yeah and then after the during the war they stopped the trade with the british and then they did iron ore and all sorts of um but he was entrepreneurial and he made a good he made good money beforehand and then he started doing the iron ore thing yeah. and then he became super rich and decided to expand his grounds into a mansion with you know little mini things all over the place. Yeah. So we meet and we have this older docent. Docent. This I've been a docent, right? Tour yeah, yeah, absolutely true guy. Very I'm knowledgeable. A volunteer though. When I always think yeah. docent, I assume it's a volunteer. Probably is. Um, the other guy wouldn't have been. Well, yeah, no, no. The ranger was ranger. The So first guy was really good, and he, he was he was explaining to us all the paintings in the rooms, which was of the family. Of the Ridgely family. Well, the and, woman on yeah. the tour from the UK said they also had a picture of the Queen, the black and white. Photo. I didn't see the Queen Victoria picture. Yeah, it was a black and white photo in the yellow room that was like the study area yeah. with the meme guy, the six foot guy. It was like a black and white image of her very young with the crown when she was I first. Missed that one. I was looking for it. Yeah. And I didn't see it. But so so he takes us around. He's explaining everything, and he's being honest about the circumstances of this. Hampton historic mansion and, and the grounds and, and all of that. So he's basically saying, look, let's, you know, we have, we're being truthful here. Um, it was him, his wife, family, a kid, family too. And then, oh yeah, there were 400 servants all working on the grounds. And when you say servants, he's mean. And, and, and it's interesting that they use this word now, um, which they would not have used even 15 years ago. They would say, oh, they're slaves. As slaves all over the place, slaves on the ground, slaves serving, slaves cooking, slaves doing the, the yard and whatever. And now they call them enslaved people. It's called person first, so it's like saying, yeah. it's, it's saying, I'm a, um, a, dis, a disabled person. You're really a person with a disability. Yeah. So it's like, it's not to let the condition or experience, like, you don't say a homeless person, you say a person who's experiencing homelessness. Because right. you're not always homeless, hopefully. It's you can't define somebody. It's like saying a person with kidney disease rather than uh, a kidney patient. Okay, no, I get that. Well, well this is they should say yeah. the person who is enslaved. Yeah, that would be the. But they've been saying they've been saying enslaved people, it's which is like still more just, correct yeah. terminology, and uh, as opposed to because you know back in the days, oh, that not that slaves were a wonderful thing. Not that we suddenly say, oh, oh, lucky slaves, but it's still, mm -hmm. you know, they're being very careful to be like. Yeah understand the history here is not so lovely you know all these things that were built all this stuff when it wasn't gifts that they went around buying when they went traveling um the furniture the this the room it was built and run by enslaved peoples and it was and it was you know just fine to take an hour and go through these rooms and look at the paintings on the walls and look at the music room with a reconstructed harp that they're going to be showing off and, and this old piano and go in and the kitchen and the, the, the place where they had the ashes and things for, um, you know, when they had stoking the fires and there was a big ash pit thing. It was fast. And then 
They say, you know, you have just enough time if you want to see the tour of the other part of the mansion. So we're like, why not? We, we chop across the, the lawn and go to the second smaller. Say the truth, we follow people who actually know where they're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have no clue. We're yeah, like, we were, we got a choice. The two ladies people. seem to, they seem to forcefully walk and like follow them. We were born, wound up in North Dakota. <laughs> and and like follow the ladies. And there we have a different tour guide, much, much younger, who is literally, he is an actual park ranger. With the he's cool also, hat. But also, David, his master's is in, in looking at historical like yeah. race and history. So he has a very unique and specific line of research that's perfect for the yeah. site where he's working. Like, it's perfect. Well, so this guy wasn't missing words. This guy wasn't being like, you know, here's the family, and this is this interesting thing. And this family was kind of important because General Lafayette stayed there for a bit, and they worked with, you know, after the Civil War. And, and, and so, no, this guy was like, um, okay. Let's let's really talk about this. This house was built on torture and blood. <laughs> it's like the, 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 the slaves were abused, they were mistreated. Yeah. Uh, they, the guy himself, Ridgely, this guy, you know, he whipped them, tanged them. One person was known for being whipped 50 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's like, no, these are awful people. This guy, which you can say, by the way, because the Ridgely family is no longer in any way connected to the house. They sold the whole thing, the grounds. It's, it's run by, um, you know, it, as we say, the federal government. So he can say, look, I can say things now that I couldn't even say five years ago when Donald Trump was in office. Because there was a certain thing of how you talk about America and how you talk about our history. But I can tell you, okay, this Captain Ridgely, he is a piece of work. You know, and then there's this other woman who was there and she was... Look, it says tracing the lives of the enslaved still. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was one woman who we figured, well, wait a minute, she was so religious, she didn't want her picture taken. She was like, really, and they, they forced her, they said, please, please, you know, you're part of the family, please take one picture. So oh I took this God. picture of her going like, you know, no, this sourpuss. No, it was a painting. Oh, it was a painting? Yeah, so she's she after a painting. Um, yeah. and, and we were like, so wait a minute, if she's so religious and so Methodist, how did she, you know, didn't she have a problem with her being like enslaved people all around her? And they're like, eh, you know, religion looks where it wants to look and does, doesn't when it doesn't. You know. The one thing I asked them that yeah. they couldn't answer yeah. was, or were those marriages? Or arranged? I don't know if they were arranged. I think you, you're in a certain level of high society. But you know, so like, you meet people when yeah. you're coming out at, ball, at balls. He said balls. No, but you know, like, they say like, okay, this is a rich family. Because they'd say like they were well, another wealthy, whatever. Yeah. But um, what else do I want to tell about them? So, so yeah, that, that was, it was a more eye-opening because normally when you go around old historic things, they'll tell a, a kind of a creepy angle or a ghost story or something like that. But mainly just give, well, this piece of furniture was built in this way and this thing. Notice the Rococo style of the time and this was painted on and this was marble, but it's faux marble. Okay, whatever. And, and this was more like, okay, let me give you the whole history of what these people did. And, and they added like another 5,000 acres and then they did this and then this. Oh, and, and Captain eventually, before he died, he let 70 of the enslaved people go, right? Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, and it's supposed to be like this positive thing, which I'm sure is how they framed it 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago when they were giving tours of the place. I was like, well, you know, yes, he had slaves, but when it was time, um, he let the, the indentured servants and the slaves, they gave them their freedom which is already a loaded sort of idea that somebody else can give you your freedom. 
Right. Um, I mean, well, and the place was known for being um, like not only brutal to the slaves, but like an example. Like there were runaway slaves. They did everything in their power to get those slaves back, no matter where they went. Because you know, there's a no-nonsense kind of a place. Yeah. So that was, all, that was all interesting. But here's the deal. We're walking around the grounds. It's getting pretty hot. It's like already in the upper 80s in the late morning. And we're going around the fields and looking at this tree. There's this, this beautiful tree oh, that yeah. was, that literally, I think it occurred to me that trees could be this old. The tree is probably about 230 years old, which is mind-blowing. I can get that trees can easily be over 100 years. But trees go, stretching back to the late 1700s is astonishing to me. Uh, or would it be late? Yeah, so whatever it was. Yeah, late 1700s. So we're moving around these grounds, and then we're going to these little houses, these places where the enslaved peoples lived, ate to a room, you know, the size of the room that I'm currently in. This, this you know, bedroom that's turned into an office here. Literally, eight people would live, and it was just, you know, unbelievable. And outside this stone building, I look on the ground, because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of wandering around, just kind of looking at my own stuff. And while the tour guide is giving the tour stuff and the people are listening, I look on the ground, oh. and only me, only me, would see this. There's no reason for this. But of all people, it's outside the slave quarters of one of the slave buildings on the grounds. And I pick this up, and I go to the tour guide, and I'm just like, what? Why? Are you, how is there a potato yeah. here? Because yeah. it wasn't a potato field, there wasn't a potato patch, there was nothing like growing shot. there. It was just grass. Yeah, yeah. And this by the building. And he said, yeah, sometimes people eat potatoes. I'm like, what? Yes. Because understand, I can let you, if you know this show, you know me and potatoes well, go way potato. back. What does the potato mean something? Well, it, is, it can be a symbolic thing for Africans. Of, of It's a happy thing. It's a good thing. Um, what was it, in terms of plenty? I'm looking. I think a potato hole is where you cook. So it might be outside the kitchen of where they would have. But who... Who would go on a tour of a historic site, even one like this, and just say, oh, I'm going to leave a potato? Meaning of potato in slavery. According to Potato Hole, the term comes from slavery, when slaves had to dig holes in the earthen floors of their cabins. It was the only place they had to keep food cool, and, in some cases, to hide it and store it. So It says for us... Uh, Taino Hall is a place where you can find and honor treasures in the black community. So it's a, it's a very sacred place. It's a sacred, beautiful place. Yeah. And I was like, first of all, I'm still not sure if this is a regular potato. I believe it's a sweet potato. Mm -hmm. This kind of feels and looks sort of, if you see this kind of thing, that seems a little sweet potato-y to me. I asked the tour guide, I said, um, you know, do you need me to put this back or... Why is this? Like, oh, you, can, you can have it. He's like, if you want to take it. Yeah. So I, I got myself a beautiful souvenir. And you were like, really? From, really? from this place of hell. From this place <laughs> of wonder for like four, a, a white family of four and a, a black families of 400. Yeah. 
Um, but hey, I got a real actual potato. That just out of the thing, weird thing. Remember, we, we drove around to another um, local historic site about two weeks ago. And we saw a badger type animal, a bandicoot thing wandering yeah, about. Something about this is no, it was near the library locally. Um, you know, it's that one with that little house on the, the hill that you drive up to. Oh, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. That was weird too. And there was an it wasn't yeah, a squirrel. I wanted to chase it, and I'm like, don't chase it, it's some kind of, yeah, no. Yeah. Maybe and, they just draw the, maybe the energy is like cuckoo. I, I, maybe, maybe. But you know what? I feel bad for all the slaves who were beaten and tortured and killed and died and, and were injured. I, I couldn't like exercise there or walk. Families separated there, and things, but hey, I did find the potato. I think so. somebody left it as a memento, you know, like to honor this, the, the enslaved I, maybe, people. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. It's like when it, when someone who's Jewish leaves the stone. A stone, I was thinking end. of a stone in the grave. I think it's like remembrance. Remember, I go visit my dad or some of the other yeah. relatives. I, I may bring a potato now. Or yeah, if it's a stick or something, I just put a, a beautiful... Yeah, but then also the potato might draw like birds and stuff, you know, people might want to have it. Oh. Yeah. I'll think about this a little more. Yeah, think that a little thoroughly. Anyway, we're getting close on to noon here in the neighborhood. You're watching Dave's Gone By, our 897th edition. So first of all, um, we have our Colorado Limerick coming up, but let's thank folks who were first of all on this <clears throat> episode of the show. We're going to thank Daniel Gwertzman. Watch his dance. It's happening tonight and tomorrow at the Cherry Art Space over in Ithaca. And you can't get to Ithaca, New York to see. Why Ithaca? Oh, he's, he's based there. That's where his. Oh, uh, that's where he lives. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's thecherry.org. Thecherry.org. If you can go to his website, there's a $20 fee. And you can watch live stream the dance from anywhere. Uh, and also you can check out his website, wordsmandance.org and dancewithus.org are two of his websites. Check it out. Daniel Gwertzman, and we thank him so much for being in the neighborhood with Rabbi Saul Solomon, founder and spiritual leader of Temple Sons of Bitches. If you want more about Rabbi Saul, go to his website, shalomdammit.com. Shalom, D-A-M-M-I-T, shalomdammit.com. This is where you can read and hear his rabbinical reflections. Those are mini sermons. You can also... That would have been my like nothing. Rabbi Sal, no. Yeah. Plus, you know, you know, it's, it's not a lot of room here, so he would have. Oh. Uh, he was he was tapping his toe oh. at certain points, so he can do this. Oh, the gangrene's better, I guess. <laughs> you can hear the creaking, oh. the snapping of the the. Yeah. Fluid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Rabbi Sal, shalomdamit.com. His stage show is on there, and his episodes of the TV show that he did—they're all very funny. Shalomdamit.com. Plus, thank you so much to Vicky Quadi who is, um, of course, the co-creator of Late Night Catechism, as well as creator of Bible Bingo, and, and Are You Smarter? Right? This is, oh, last month was, was the 30th, 30th, I think. Yeah, it was a big one. It was a big, was it only 30? What was it? Oh, three, 23, 13, oh, um, oh, 93, 93 feels about right. It's probably 30th anniversary. What anniversary is it for Late Night Catechism? 30 30th anniversary, yeah. So Mazel Tov to Vicky. And she's still doing it. And other people are still playing the nun in Late Night Catechism. Are You Smarter Than Your Eighth Grade Nun and Bible Bingo? They're all at the Greenhouse Theater in Chicago. And of course, she also travels a bit. 
So you might not necessarily be in Chicago, but she does go to other places. Vicki Quaddy. She does like benefits too, like um, fundraising and stuff. She's very philanthropic. Yeah. And, and thank you also to the Shubes. Cynthia. I think that Leslie should send them the crown. I, yeah, I've got to get their, their address in Arizona yeah, if I don't have it. I think you do, yeah. And they, Because they're entitled. They won. They are the champions of trivia this week. Cynthia and Jeff. I hope the crown doesn't melt. I, that would be, that'd be tough. It'd be, uh, yeah. Um, well, but you know what? If the Burger King king could wear his crown near all those Burger King ovens and it didn't melt, I think it would be fine. I can also make another one. It's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> so these are all friends of the neighborhood for just this week. They were on the show today. But what about people who've been on this program in the months and years past that we have been on the air? As a matter of fact, it's noon right now of our 897th edition of the show. We've been calling it um, The Way We Were. But of course, we've done all these other episodes with all these other fabulous people. What are they up to? I'm glad you asked, because I'm going to tell you about the Friends of the Neighborhood. So among the friends of the neighborhood this week, first of all, guys, send out congratulations to musician Norma Kalkinen. His album, Live at the Bottom Line, I was recorded back in 2002, but they're just now releasing this as a record from Omnivore Recordings. So yay for Yorma. Also, want to let you know that today, tonight, Tammy, Pas Tammy Pescatelli, the comedian, will be at the Suffolk Theater in Patchogue on Long Island. Go see her. Uh, starting today and running through June 24th, Steve Epstein's When Your Soulmate Dies is at the Alchemical Lab on West 14th Street. I think it's only once a week. It might just be a Saturday thing. But go see it. He was the guy who was with his wife, Hassan. They were Epstein and Hassan. So he did a show about losing her to cancer a couple of years ago. Um, so go see it. Uh, Katie Huffman, <clears throat> tomorrow, actress, oh, all these people, look at this, whoa, get noise ready. <laughs> Katie Huffman, Tonya Pinkins, and Austin Pendleton. That's an Austin Pendleton alert, my friends. They are, what are they doing? They're in a virtual play reading from uh, Theater Resources Unlimited, TRU. It's a benefit, and it's virtual, and it is tomorrow. So go to TRU's website and look for them. Uh, as the Shoes reminded us, Shy, a.k.a. Shy Aporn Theracolstit, is in the musical Con the Musical at the Players Theater off-off-Broadway. That is running just through tomorrow. Also through tomorrow, more noise, Austin Pendleton. He's directing the solo play, A Seance with Mom, by Nancy Redmond. That is at the Chain Studio in Midtown Manhattan on 36th Street. I don't know how Austin, well, once you direct, you can kind of step away. I mean, he's, he's kind of, uh, but even so, he's just indefatigable. Melissa Errico, um, Monday night, she's doing a tribute to Peter Foley. It's at the Prospect Theater at the Norton Symphony Space in, I won't say Upper Manhattan, but up on West 95th Street. That is Monday night. Also Monday night, Peter Felicia is hosting the 77th Annual Theater World Awards oh, wow. in New York. Yes. Do you vote for that or no? No. That's not um, Robert Cuccioli, 
this is Monday and Tuesday, he is reading a new play with other people called Houdini Among the Spirits. It's a private, oh, it's probably a musical because the York Theater is doing it. So he's in the cast there. Uh, so, you know, if it goes well. Oh, uh, it's like a trial run. Yeah. So that's Robert Cuccioli, Monday and Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. Oh, my God. Steve Forbert is at my father's place in Glen Cove, New York. Oh, wow. So, uh, you know, rock singer, folk singer, Steve Forbert, my father's place. Go see him. Now, on Thursday night, June 8th, Seth Beeson-Hirsch is doing a more Yeston-based cabaret at Don't Tell Mama that evening. And then also starting Thursday night for the weekend, if you've never seen TJ and Dave, that's TJ Jagodowski and Dave Pasquazi. <laughs> Aren't you lucky? Mm-hmm. Uh, at the Soho Playhouse, they do long-form improv. So they, they start out with, well, really nothing. They just kind of look at each other for a bit. And one will start, and then one will go, and they create wow. an hour-long, full-length they improv. They deserve some play. kind of award because that's a, that's hardy Oh God! Them. And they've been doing it for years. I think it's all based on Alan Ginsberg's. His uh, <laughs> ass poetry, yes. <laughs> but that is where's that? Oh, Soho Playhouse, um, downtown in Manhattan. Edward Einhorn is the author and director of a play called The Shylock and the Shakespeareans. That's being done at the New Ohio Theater. Karen Finley. Wow, she's been running a while. She has her new piece, COVID Vortex Anxiety Opera Kitty Kaleidoscope Disco at the Lori Beachman Theater running through mid to late June. J.O. Sanders is off-Broadway in the Roundabout Theater's Primary Trust that is being done at the Laura Pells Theater through early July. Now through September 3rd, the end run of the show. Toba Belchu is in Funny Girl at the August Wilson Theater. Dakin Matthews is playing Merlin in Camelot. That's at the Lincoln Center Theater. Lilius White is in Town. Alan Menken, of course, has written the music for Aladdin on Broadway and Little Shop of Horrors off-Broadway. Speaking of cabaret, K.T. Sullivan. Oh, Lord. Go see her at the Algonquin Tuesday is this nights. Is like the busy season that everyone's so... Usually, no, usually it's dead now, maybe I, by August. Yeah, what do you yeah. think everyone's doing? Well, it's only June. Maybe May to June yeah. and then they stop. Yeah, we haven't had the Tonys yet, so... Oh, okay. Seth Breeson Hirsch has Seth's talent show at Don't Tell Mama. Why That's every Tuesday night. The Tonys are next Sunday. Okay. Um, so the 11th, right? Yeah, wow. Good. Is that true? I'm pretty sure. Today's the third. Oh no, it's the tenth. Four, five, six, seven, eight. Sunday is the eleventh. Marcus Goldhaber is now playing at Room Six Twenty Three in Harlem on One Hundred Nineteenth Street. That is on Sunday nights. It's an open run, so go see him. Eric Comstock and Barbara Fasano they do their thing at Birdland on Saturday nights. Vince Giordano and the Nighthawks are at Birdland on Monday nights. Jim Caruso's cast party is also at Birdland wow. every Monday night. Birdland is the place to be. Eh? Get your tickets, birdlandjazz.com. Uh, and letting you know that, of course, Evan Seplo is the editor and founder of stagebuddy.com, the website. Dr. Demento does all the new Dr. Demento shows at drdemento.com. Oh, go see Charlie Gross and our friend. Oh, Le- yeah. Leslie O'Brien. No, no, I'm sorry. No, he's not doing his one-man show. Oh. It's just, it's just um, oh, the webinar. I mean, yeah. two on the aisle on YouTube. And then Late Night Catechism we mentioned. That's Vicky Kwagi. So those, my friends, are the friends of the neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah.
Okay, ladies and gentlemen, so it is a few minutes after noon on this Saturday, June 3rd, 2023, almost finishing up the 897th edition of Dave's Gone By. One of my friends, we, we've done the Today Yesterday trivia. We had Daniel Gordsman in the neighborhood. We talked about the plantation. And we got to say goodbye to people. I, what? Are we friends in the neighborhood? We did. What could the really crimes in old times? We did. What could possibly be missing? You and me kissing. See that no, that rhymes. No, you do your horrible so thing. So these are these do are good. your horrible thing. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Joyce is reminding me that we have not yet done our Colorado Limerick of the Damned. This is a poem that is intentionally rude ribald, usually and even downright disgusting and horrible, because Joyce and I lived in Colorado for a bunch of years, and I took it into my head to write as many poems about places in Colorado as I could think of, or pluck out of an atlas, or a list of towns and cities in Colorado. Where's so we've done today? dozens and dozens of these. This one, please tell us about Ken Carroll, Colorado. Ken. K, two words, K-E-N, and then Carroll, C-A-R, Y-L. Ken Carroll, Colorado. You look it up while I play our theme. You're the poetry. A limerick is a comic verse of five lines in which lines one, two, and five will end with words that rhyme. And likewise, verses three and four also end with words that rhyme. So this is a limerick. Colorado, Rado, Rado. So we're going to Ken Carroll. It was called Ken Carroll Ranch. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they used to sell um, a house you bought on a toll road. He had a toll road for 150 wagon. Yeah. Yeah, he, he built an inn there and a little toll road. He made a little neighborhood, a little a stopping so point. Civil War butcher, John Shippington, was there. Oh. And a Ute chief, Coloro. And the Utes removed oh, after Meeker Massacre. Uh, yeah. Now, the Indians did not do very well um, in, in this area. Um, as a matter of fact, the area was bought in 1859 by Army Major Robert Bradford. He's the guy who did the, the toll road. Oh, yeah. In the South Park episode, Trapped in the Closet, a reference is made to the Funplex, an amusement center in Ken Carroll, though it has been renamed multiple times since then. First Fat City, then Mr. Biggs, and now Fun City. Fun City. It was closed in 15 and demolished. Oh, wow. Uh, not just oh, but oh, uh, that's a shame. What happened was when the guy um, built an inn and the road there, a rival road soon took most of his business, and after he died, the ranch had several different owners. By 1914, it was owned by the guy who owned the Rocky Mountain News newspaper. But he got pretty much wiped out by the Great Depression. So more owners came and went, and the area was eventually run as a campus for Lockheed Martin, and then followed by what is now a suburban community there. But what's what's pretty cool about the place is that just what's not so much what you see, but what's underneath, tons of rocks and minerals uh, that geologists are finding there that are like 600 million years old. I was impressed by a tree that's 200 years old. Imagine finding a rock that was, you can carbon date or whatever the hell they do.
to 600 million years ago. Uh, I think that there's a couple of um, old pieces of cake in our fridge that are yeah, almost that old. But yeah, let's go grab it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, if they do fossilize, I'm not going to throw them out, though. Maybe I'll feed them to unicorn. Is there anything else about Ken Carroll before I, I get to our... Well, it is a small, unincorporated community, now a suburban kind of community, and we're going to do a horrible, disgusting Colorado limerick of the damned about Ken Carroll, Colorado. <clears throat> a quirky young man from Ken Carroll would take all his shits in a barrel. One terrible minute, he slipped and fell in it and ruined his finest apparel. Please send your comments, complaints, and everything else to Dave's Gone By at AOL.com. D A V E S G O N E B Y at AOL.com. You can also message me right here on the Facebook page uh, or, or direct message me if you're a friend on Facebook. But either way, please, please, I want to hear from you. I love reading your stuff, even if I don't have a chance to respond to everybody. Or again, apologies. If you sent a Facebook friend request to me, uh, I'm close to 5,000 subscribers. I just don't have the time or the wherewithal to go checking everybody and, um, and go over the limit. So, and also check, can I tell if this is a real request for a, a bot thing? Or It's a lot harder to tell than it used to be. They're not so obvious anymore. I mean, sometimes very real people are being spammed and sending messages. So I'm kind of easing away from new friends on Facebook stuff. I apologize if you've been waiting for weeks to know whether you, know, you can still watch the show. You don't have to be official friends on Facebook to see the show or to message me or to write things. So please do. Um, also, please go to davesgoneby.com. That is where the archives are. When this show is over, in the next 24 hours or so, we're going to get the episode up so you can watch it at any time or people you know missed it. If you know someone who loves dance and you're like, you know, they would really love that interview with Daniel Gortzman, hey, just either they can watch it on our Facebook feed because it's automatically saved or go to davesgoneby.com and it will be there. They, they, can, they can watch it right there and so can you. You can also watch a higher quality um, version you know, more, more, what do they call it? More bites or something of um, more visual quality, I should say. Pixel, pixel. pixel quality of the show by going to archive.org. We have a channel there, the Dave's Gone By channel at archive.org. So especially over the past few months when we've been very limited in the upload that we can do for davesgoneby.com, it's fine. Go to archive.org and watch it there for you can, higher quality stream, for whatever reason. Um, we also upload our audio to castbox.fm. Cast, B-O-X, castbox.fm. This is specifically for podcasting and audio only. So even though these are video shows, if you just want to hear the audio... Well, well your friend used to do it while he was working, or yeah. you, know, you want to listen to something, but you can't watch. You can't lock in for three hours and watch something, fine. Archive.org, oh, sorry, castbox.fm is the place to just download if you have a, an iPod. Do they even call that iPod anymore? No. What do they call them now? Uh, a device. On your phone. You download it on download your phone. Download your phone. as an MP3 and there it is. So, all those different ways of, of really seeing the same material. Either davesgoneby.com, archive.org, 
or castbox.fm for the audio only. We also have a YouTube channel. Now where you could get the app. Yeah, at castbox.fm. So check us out either way, because we've had literally 20 plus years of content, 896 plus one shows, thousands of hours of entertainment. Uh, it's all there for you. And, and that's very important to me. Because as much as I love doing the show live every week and doing this, it's also meaningful searched, that it stays. Yeah, there it is. So just find me. All these different places. And by the way, also, um, don't, here's castbox.fm. Thank you very show much. what it looks like. And that's not the app. That's just the website, but you can download the app. Yeah, and that way you just that's plug not right the app, in. That's just the website. Yeah. Well, it's a good picture of me. Yeah, but you can, download, you can do it on the app. It's probably yeah. better. Thank you, And oh, one other thing. There's one other website. Please go to DaveLefkowitz.org. That is where I put all my old, no, old and new, plays, song lyrics, written interviews that I've done, profile pieces, articles, essays. It's a repository for my many, many, many years of writing. So while Dave'sGoneby.com is all about the radio show and the content for here. The written content you will find at DaveLefkowitz.org, and we keep adding more to it all the time. DaveLefkowitz.org. Well, that kind of, I do believe, takes us through the end of the program. Hun, is there anything we kind of, um, you know, left out or didn't talk about or anything else from the week? Um, not really. Not no, really. I think... Well, I think we're good. I'm looking at cast box. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, a lot of stuff. I just don't remember. Well, it was, just, it was Memorial Day week. Well, you know, it was just Memorial We had a day. You had a day you know, off. You know, we didn't have to pasta. go to school. Pasta was good. Uh, made pasta was nice. Um, I want to go get apples later. Yeah. Like, right. um, oh, you, did you show them the stress uniform? The oh, uh, briefly. So, again, Joyce, oh. Joyce knows I'm going to be under great stress when I have to return. Um, giant shit stain unicorn. <laughs> what does it say on the bottom there? Uh, feel the calming powers of the rainbow. I know it's cute. It's a squeezy thing, I guess. Although the uh, these these kind of slanty kind of devil eyes, they freak me. There's something a little scary about eye. the eye. Yeah. Look at the googly eye and glue it on. Then it would be unbelievably cute. So let's get a googly eye. Let me have Michaels or so. We'll get yeah, googly, we'll eyes. googly eyes. And we could like a bag of mixed size googly then eyes. Then we could put it on the goat too. Anything. Wouldn't it be adorable? Anything you want, yeah. Um, put it on any, any item. Pooey's eyes are already cute. He doesn't yeah, really he need them. We could have like, you know, maybe like when he's excited, like, like what? Like surprised? And then we stick the big googly eyes on. Oh, yes. Yes. We can put him on. Let's see. No, these eyes are already kind of cute, though. Yeah. This one, He's this totally one's right still. Good. Yeah. 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 You want to put them on here, Booby? Yeah, this is probably the safest place to yeah. put them. Anyway, oh, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to our 897th episode, which we've been calling The Way We Were. Go see Daniel Gortzman either in person What's next week's or stream him. Oh, next week we have um, on our next episode, yeah. we're going to have a filmmaker and. Um, playwright or a musical maker. Now you might remember, and this is going back already more than a decade, there was a, a, almost two decades of Borning, a musical that had Broadway aspirations Warp. called Soul Doctor. Warp. <laughs> God. 
No, not war. Oh. It was it was the life story and music of Rabbi Shlomo Karlbach. Oh, I didn't know that. The, the, the guy who had the Karlbach Shul in New York and yeah. put out all these albums because he he crossed two worlds. He was in the world of being a rabbi and kind of a modernish rabbi, yeah. but also playing music at the village gate oh, in wow. the village and intersecting with folk people and putting out albums. Granted, all the songs were based on um, biblical passages, mm -hmm. but he, he had a gift for melody and very wow. catchy stuff and a very nice voice. So Rabbi Karlbach, man, so, so his music's great. He has an interesting story. Let's make a musical about him. They yeah. called it Soul Doctor. And they were, it was moving around, they were chesting out all these different places. We had a country singer who was actually cast as Soul Doctor in its early, oh. I'm forgetting the guy's name. Um, you, you can look it up on Dave's Gone By. But he was, um, he was also in late, he was a Broadway oh, okay. singer actor too. And forgive me for, forgive me for forgetting your name, man, if you're watching. But by the time the show actually made it, Soul Doctor musical cast. To Broadway. According to Wikipedia, yeah. other cast members included Jacob Heimer, Eli Hyam, Deborah Cardona, Mother, Donian Father, Anthony Lacyro, Red Pinches, Moishala, Hayden Wall, Young Shlomo, Moishala. Rosalie Graziano, Young This Eli is all Hyam, the later, this is what the, um, the Broadway. Columbus, but there was a country singer who, just look up country singer soul doctor. Yeah. Because he played Reb Shlomo. Um, and I'm just, I'm, forgive me for not remembering. But eventually the show twisted and literally made it to Broadway. It, it got okay reviews and it didn't do that well. Uh, and Danny Wise was the writer for the show. But it doesn't go away. It's a great story. But they're making it, a movie. Music is, yes. Written and directed by Danny Wise. Whoa. Who is our guest in the neighborhood <coughs> next Whoa. Saturday, next Shabbos, on um, June 10th. So yes, be here in the neighborhood. So if you love Shlomo Karlbach, and, and yes, yes, we're not going to let it go. It's fabulous. You'll be tapping your feet. That was beautiful. I just loved it. Love is universal through music. The film is wonderful, and it's the right time with the right message and the right story. It's a wonderful way to bind cultures. And we didn't know that Nina Simone was so involved with the Jewish community. I'm not an emotional person, but I couldn't help crying and laughing. It was so well produced. It was unbelievable. And I recommend it for everyone. I encourage more people of any background that they should see it. I would absolutely recommend. I highly recommend it to everyone. I recommend it very highly. I would encourage everyone to come and see Soul Doctor. And there's especially, but the one thing that all the critics really liked about the musical version, the stage version, was that, yes, in some weird way, because he was downtown and part of the, the music and recording world, he was on Vanguard Records, um, he intersected with Nina Simone. Yeah. So there's apparently a, a lengthy scene between him and her and her performing that. Really, you know, all the critics who were met on the musical really perked up. There's the original Broadway version of, um, but that is not the guy who was on our no. our show because he he was before Broadway. It was um, just 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 Google like country singer, soul doctor. Country singer and soul doctor. Lee Bryce. 
No, it wasn't Lee Bryce. Good Uncle Lord. Cracker? God, no, it wasn't Uncle Cracker. I'm looking, I'm looking on Wikipedia. Uh, okay. Country thing is sold by Dr. Karl Bach, or, you know. I'm probably looking up. Principal roles. Okay, who am I looking for? Eric Anderson? No. Was uh, it? Maybe. Jamie Jackson? What role was it? Karl Bach, Shlomo. He was Shlomo. Teddy Walsh? No. Uh, oh, this is killing me. I've got to, I'm just Eric look. Anderson says Shlomo Karl Bach. Maybe it was, but Eric Anderson is not the folk. We had an Eric Anderson, not him. I don't know, honey. And he's not the folk singer, uh, Shlomo, either. Why don't you look it up and do it on the rear show? Yeah, let me just, uh, hold on, hold on. This may be a thing I can find fairly quickly. Is it I, Jelly Roll or Rapper? Could not, no. It was certainly was not. Uh, so, Are they cutting him? Let's see. Um, Mo Pitney? Mo Pitney. I don't know. Uh-huh. Gary Morris. Oh. Gary Morris was the guy. We, he was on this show back in 2012. Oh, my God. When they were still trying to shop this around and get it to New York. So he didn't make it to New York with the show. But Soul Doctor is now a film. Um, and apparently, at least from the people in the promo thing, it, it's, it's pretty good. So here's the deal. Uh, they're pushing the film. It's coming out imminently. And we have the guy who wrote the show and has now written and directed the movie. His name is Danny Wise, and he will join us, and of course Rabbi Sal Solomon, next Saturday here on Dave's Gone By. Me, Dave Lefkowitz, my wonderful wife Joyce, and of course all of you watching, please tell your, your friends about the show. That's how we build our audience. That's how people know that we're here and still here after all these years. So. Oh, and, and likes the unicorn was laughing. Trying unicorns. He likes it. He does. Huh. And I think that'll take us out of the show. And gone by. Dave's 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 gone by.